And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. But when you have someone in your life and you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you're all set in that area of your life, you get hit on all the time. When you're single, nothing. <laughs> and they say it's that sense of confidence. That must be what it is. I don't know. But apparently I'm walking through nightclubs now like Cary Grant. Hello, darling. Good to see you. No, I don't have time for drinks. But that's brunch on Sunday. And what do you mean you won't look good? You will look fabulous because you look fabulous now and you look fabulous then because you're fabulous, period. End of conversation. I'm not good. Same bar, same people, but you're single? Suddenly you're coming through a trap door in the back like Vincent Price with a big top hat and a cape. I couldn't help noticing you sitting alone at the bar. Why don't you look at me when I'm speaking to you? Look at me, look at my face. They did this to me. They did this to my face. Where are you going? Why won't you dance with me? You're all doing jello shots or I'll kill you. I love Vincent Price so much. He's my favorite everything. Jail Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. I'm TJ Tranchel. And I'm Langley West. And we are here with uh, TJ for episode 163. 163. We're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> wait until wait it'll be like episode 1000 and everyone will be just, it'll be just old. Us old. My hip. Do the you, topic is my hip. Do you ever do the weird thing where like a number presents itself to you and you're like immediately in my head. So I'm like 163. Okay, so that's six, take away three, one time. One six three. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. <laughs> anyway, we we are going to talk uh, today about an icon, a guy who you it, it was it's so on a table for us to talk about that yeah. it's almost like you miss it because it's so obvious, and right. that is the actor Vincent Price. Vincent Price, the velvet voiced, sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. uh, I uh, Vincent Price. Was you know it's funny because he you know he he's he's up there with Lugosi and Karloff and and I would argue even more so, but he didn't ha- he, it was like he didn't live in the same camp as those guys, and the, and I was trying to think of why, and I think the distinction is those two guys got their start their big their big start playing a monster. Yeah. So Karloff was always Frankenstein's monster. Lugosi was always Dracula, and then they went on and they did other things. But that was always, whereas Vincent Price uh, almost always played a guy, right? Mm-hmm. And and somehow that makes a distinction. Yeah, and even that he didn't do a lot of you know horror. Like that's where people know him, but. His real big horror, he was working for 15 years as an actor before he had that first thing that said, this is a horror guy. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with this, with this spin on that. Body. 
I think the difference between Lugosi and Karloff and those guys and Christopher Lee and all the horror icons right. is that Vincent Price knew right away that he needed to be at some point I'm going to call it Scooby Dooable. Family friendly, kid which friendly. he was. He yeah, was totally sure. Scooby Doo. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he he appealed to this broader audience than just the horror audience, right? And so, yep. I mean, you don't see Carlop or Christopher Lee showing up on the Brady Bunch, right? Or Scooby Doo, yep. or the Muppets, or right. any of that. Oh, maybe the Muppets. But Christopher Lee didn't he do a Muppet episode? I think. Well, Christopher Lee did everything, so it doesn't really matter. It's <laughs> <laughs> like. Um, but I yeah, could, I could have easily seen Christopher Lee selling dog food, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> he would have bought it too. Oh yeah, told you to. Christopher yeah, Lee exactly. is so gangster. We could, we could. I, I don't know if we, if we ever did a show on him, but we did, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, he's so gangster. Um, anyway, the thing where the thing that yeah, he used to do. He's doing straight roles. He was not straight, not non horror roles. Right. He was the tall, lanky guy, usually portrayed with an edge of like you weren't supposed to exactly like him. Yeah. Um, He's in one of my favorite films, non-horror films, and that's Song of Bernadette. Oh, yeah. That's one of his first films. Yeah. Song of Bernadette, I grew up, and that was like... My mom's idea of religious education was making us watch <laughs> biblical <laughs> epics on TV. I probably have said well, that. Well, and, and he was... Right. He was, uh, he was in uh, The Ten Commandments. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i got a better religious nugget for you on Vincent Price. Uh-oh. Vincent Price played Joseph Smith. In the biopic of Brigham Young. Yeah. Oh my God! Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is so like you can believe sitting in a room with rocks and whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. His big scene in that movie is out chopping wood shirtless. Wow! Look at that, Vincent Price. And yeah. Vincent and he's Price. just there doing the thing, you know, re- recruiting people for the church in the movie, and then you don't see him because. That character dies, and that movie's not about him. Right. But, right, you know, right. that was right in that biblic, Bible epic time, 1940. Wait, wait. So, so, they, so we don't see him get mobbed in, in, in <laughs> Illinois? No. Oh, no, man. just kind of... They mention it with the title card and and just move on from there. Can so, somebody please yeah. make a Passion of the Christ movie about the killing of Joseph Smith? That would be awesome. <laughs> Um, speaking of Christopher yes. Lee, <laughs> speaking of Christopher Lee, uh, Vincent Price and Christopher Lee born on the same day. Wow, March twenty seventh. Huh. Yep. Peter Cushing on the twenty sixth. Whoa. And they uh, they appeared in um, Scream and Scream Again and How the Long Shadows. Yeah, yeah. I remember Scream and Scream Again, man. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's it's really hard because it's like he's his footprint is so big on the genre. That you feel it feels trite to go. You know what's good? The oblong box. <laughs> well, it's kind of like when we talked about Alfred Hitchcock. It's like he's so mm-hmm. big and ubiquitous that it's like, what do you talk about? You know? Right. Yeah. Because you don't want to go ahead. I think it's interesting with Price to find out where people first saw him. Oh you know, yeah. So for me, I was a kid in the '80s who thankfully had a single-screen theater and PBS. So my first introductions to Vincent Price was him as the host of Mystery on PBS. Oh, right, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 Diana Rigg took over for him. I think... Which is great, because they were in other movies together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Taste of, she, um, she, she played his daughter in Theater of Blood, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and he was the villain in the Disney movie, The Great Mouse Detective. Right, Radigan. Yeah. He said he was his. So it was his most, uh, his favorite role. Really? That's what he, yeah. said, he said in interviews. Yeah. Well. So for me as a kid, this is like this is how I met him. Right. Like mm-hmm. this guy is like, okay, we're gonna watch this creepy show, and isn't it creepy? And look at my castle, and isn't this awesome? And I'm like, yes, it is. I'm yeah, down. It's Let's really do this. Really awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the first time that I saw Vincent Price as, you know, the, oh, this is a guy that I should pay attention to, was my very first film theater experience. Um, it was a double feature. It was uh, Dr. Fives Rises Again okay, and Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. There you go. Which is, I came for the dinosaur, but I stayed for the creepy dude with yeah. the thing in his neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, and then probably, you know, you know and I do remember, like, it was, it was kind of mind-altering. It was like, whoa, who is this dude? Like, I hadn't, I was, what, four or five? And I was mm-hmm. like, who's this guy, you know, that, like, and, and, uh, and, that, and then, sadly, I think that probably the next thing that I saw that I recognized him was when he was selling his apple heads. Uh, I got info on that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He was the guy. I was going to mention that later, but I'll mention it now. He was a guy who had this whole. He got the merch thing. Oh, totally. And there was a line of like the Vincent Price collection of these cheesy big-eyed children paintings that he used to sell through Sears. Yeah. There was the Vincent Price books in the seventies. Um, mm-hmm. So he got Vince, uh, to this in 1951. He founded the Vincent Price Gallery and Art Foundation, and it's. Going strong 45 years later? Much later in his life, I remember the kitchen stuff. Yeah. You know. Well, he got into yeah, that whole cooking. cooking thing. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I have fond memories of seeing Vincent Price wearing an apron a lot. He did a section, uh, a piece on cars. He cooked the chicken in a disher, dishwasher. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. And I'm sure one of 37 appearances with Carson <laughs> on the Tonight Show. <laughs> he was the guy That's who who was uh, he was like Roddy McDowell in a way, kind of erudite, kind of lived in that world where no one really knew what his his preference was, and no one really cared because sure. he was so engaging. He and was so, so yeah, he was so the yep. smoking jacket guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah, because these days there's a law you can't buy a smoking jacket and not have the pencil thin mustache. <laughs> I used to work for a guy at a funeral home who had had that this immaculately manicured little pencil thin must like I, John Warner. Look, I know how hair grows on my face. How the <laughs> hell do people do that? Because, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't either. I don't uh, yeah. Short of drawing it on. Right? I never could. No. But I wanted to. When I first could shave, it's like, let's see if we can do that. And it just <laughs> never happened. It was always that never time. Never happened. How many times in the guy's life do you go? You got the full beard and you go, mmm, and you start shaving little pieces of it away. <laughs> I'd look good with a Van Dyke. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. Uh, let's see. My first question to him, I th- it, it had to either have been Song of Bernadette or um, uh, I want to say Abbott Costello's Frankenstein, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but he just, because he was, seemed to be always there. He was always in film. Was he, he in, was he in House of Wax? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which, yeah. yeah. yeah he was With Charles Bronson. That was like his first. It was like the first big like horror film for him, where you actually 
get to see him because he had done the Invisible Man Returns. But of course you never get to see him, but it's all about the voice. The Invisible Man never gets the screen time he deserves. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Could you... Remember there was talk for a little bit there about Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The whole Dark Um, Universe thing. What what do you do? What do you do with the Invisible Man? I mean, you know... Well, you make... make, What was the Kevin Bacon movie? The Hollow Man. I was going to say... Hollow Man. Hollow Man is... Uh, Price had a bachelor's degree in art history from Yale and wrote a syndicated yeah. column in the 60s. He, there you go. And the dude was serious, you know, the, the art, like you said, the art music is still going, they're mm-hmm. cooking stuff, they're doing a push on his social media. Like you talked last week with Nancy Kilpatrick about social media. Vincent Price's social media right now is probably one of the fewest out there for a dead guy. Yeah, that's his daughter pushing that whole thing. Yeah, sure. Yep. Uh, um, so they have a they have a t-shirt campaign right now. Buy a t-shirt goes to the museum. If you can find or even buy, uh, past guest David Dale Vale has a interview oh, man. called with the called the importance of being importance of being Vincent. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One of the one of the things about Vincent Price that I I find endlessly. Um, fascinating is how how much he inf- influenced people like <clears throat> and again it's like this whole package that you, there's this this guy who's almost has this John Houseman uh, <laughs> air about, you know what it, like you know I think a, uh, I'm gonna instead say Basil Rathbone okay there you go yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He and yeah. Basil Rathbone right along the same you know it's it, he's one of those guys that like he's not British but no. he could be. <laughs> right? He fakes it well. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, uh, how important uh, Vincent Price was to Tim Burton, for mm-hmm. example, who did that wonderful stop-motion uh, short. Uh, From the poem, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Vincent, and was able to my five-year-old son loves that. Oh, my God, it's so We good. get out the Nightmare Before Christmas DVD, and he's like, nope, I want to watch Vincent. Yeah. Over and over. Yeah, he Vincent wants to watch Vincent. Vincent is way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and how awesome it was that this young, kind of this young kid was able to convince Vincent Price to do the voice, mm-hmm. you know, for, for this little short, you know. His awesome. his father was the president of a company that made jelly beans and jawbreakers. Really? Called Price's Baking <laughs> Powder, which was, and, and he also made Price's Baking Powder, which was sold back in the ni- early 1900s. Do we know do we know how Vincent um, turned to acting? No, prob- no, I don't. Do you, TJ? I don't. It's just kind of a thing that one I think day it's he one showed of those up. things. Like he's like, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't really know that. Yeah. Um, That'd be interesting. Yeah, but yeah. Get somebody. Well, you know, at one point you have the conundrum that happens to a lot of these guys, where it's like, I want to be an actor, and then so you go and act, and then you take the roles that are given, right? And then suddenly here you are, and you're you've become this thing. You're Boris Karloff. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you're synonymous with a certain genre. Could you imagine Vincent Price doing vaudeville? <laughs> <laughs> well, he would have been, it would have been in his leading man days, so he might have sang, he might have done scenes or yeah. something, work, scene work, but it would have been, for the most part, him as the strong young, you know, yeah, 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 woodcutter, <laughs> <laughs> right? 
of the Mormon well, faith. Right? He got his start on the British stage, so he went to England. Okay. There you go. Okay. Probably ex- uh, speaks to his the stentorian way that he yes. he delivers his lines. Yep. Uh, he was very supportive of his daughter who came out as a lesbian, so high five Vince. Right. One of the yeah, right. um, reported bisexuals in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and that's that's endlessly fascinating to me because people who who were around at that time, I, I, I and and I don't know, I wasn't there, but I get the feeling that it was kind of like we know who's gay, we know who's bi, we know, but we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this town, with you know, in Hollywood, in L.A., um, we don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And. and well, there were whole careers that were both the the the, the person's sexuality was the sort of elf in the room, i.e., mm-hmm. Paul in Liberace, right. those kind sure, of guys. Sure, and sure. then there were the other guys that were you didn't they it just wasn't talked about, i.e., right. Rock Hudson, Salminio, sure, sure. that kind of thing. Well, and and you know, and then there were the guys that um, didn't give a fuck but suffered for it, mm-hmm. like um, James Whale. Yeah, is a good example. Yeah. yeah, but as a director, you could do that more than you could do as an actor because sure. actors usually get pushed into the the leading mantle. Yeah, and you're on the the magazine covers mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Liberace used to be pitched as a you know uh, as a just a confirmed bachelor, right? <laughs> Which was code. <laughs> yeah, it was code. Yes, it was. Um, well, I think so much of that ambiguity is caught up in his performances too. So, like, if you watch. If you watch him in House of Usher, which was the first of the Popics, yeah. right? and that sort of, you're living alone in this creepy house with your sister who's now dead, and you get sort of, you get that Poe-esque incest thing, but then there's that other part where it's like, well, your best friend just came to live with you too. Or right. is this guy still your best friend? <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so that ambiguity yeah. is very much caught up in in those performances where, you know, with a little bit of push, he might get the guy at the end of the movie. Well, it, it's also, it's, girl. it speaks to that character's being um, driven. He's driven to eccentricity, so we, we forgive those. those right. Because, you know. right. again, it was the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. And it was a different time. Yeah. Um, his He's, likeness yeah. was used on Milton Bradley games such as Hangman and then the Shrunken Apple sculpture. Yeah. Game. And he, he did the commercials for the Shrunken Apples. Yeah. The, the, the Shrunken Apples were cool, man. I I remember <laughs> I remember getting one of those kits and and being too young to like follow directions and just always being disappointed because it never turned out the way that I, <laughs> I wanted it to. Only <laughs> sculpting using apples to sculpt monster heads. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. I think Vincent would have loved that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, says that some of his favorite actors are George C. Scott and Cary Grant. Hmm. George C. Scott. Yes. <laughs> that doesn't even sound anything like I model my performances after George C. Scott. George C. Scott. Um, pretty yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> also, in my research, I found that he was the model. And when you hear this, you're going to go, of course he was, for Doctor Strange. Oh, sure. See? Yeah. I oh, told yeah. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a great painting out there. Uh, it's a Jack yeah. Kirby style of him in that get-up, and it's just like, why didn't that happen? Well, well because by the time Doctor Strange came around, he was maybe too old. 
Yeah. Or dead. But uh, uh, Stephen Strange's middle name, Vincent. Vincent. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I'm telling you. The more so, you know. Knowledge is power, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a ton of this this weird weird little stuff. He he uh, uh, um, wanted to always do Shakespeare, but that never happened. Hence the speeches in Theater of Blood. How do you not? Yeah. How do you not do Shakespeare? Every actor I've ever heard talk has done Shakespeare. Well, I'm sure he's done stage performances of yeah. it, but I but on film. Uh, so he was like, "Well, this is perfect. So give me this speech from Macbeth." Yeah, 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 yeah. He was yeah. Theater of Blood, though, man, that movie is yeah, just so good, amazing. You know, and there's that. There's Theater of Blood, Madhouse, the Doctor Five. The Dr. Fibes movies essentially are like Saw, but better. Yes. <laughs> right? The, 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 the intricate traps to kill people. Yes. The eccentricity of it, the forethought put into these Man. just absolutely ridiculous stuff. It's Saw, but better. You know, I, I, Shakespeare. I so dearly yeah. love, like, you know, in the Fibes movies, and I can't remember which. I, I want to say this is Rises Again. Where, where we have the uh, the wind up snakes, you know. Th- there's these. They're like anacondas and shit, like crawling around on this pool mm-hmm. table with a little wind up uh, thing on their back. Right. I believe that's rises again because I, they had the whole Egyptian theme. Right. 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 Uh, the plagues yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the scorpions. Yeah. 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 That's, that's <laughs> the cool. the string coming down from the ceiling. I don't know what film that was in. Remember that. With the with the poison dripping, the poison, guy. yeah. Oh, oh, yep. and the locusts, the, with locusts. the guy getting yep. covered in molasses. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the the height of like poetic justice, yes. air quotes. Um, yeah, I mean, well, the big the big part of his filmography is filled up with the aforementioned Poe films. Yeah, you know, uh, well, you know, like I, this oh, is shit. a guy that that it, it, definitely he had. Periods, right? Mm-hmm. Like Picasso had periods, and and yeah. you know all the movies that you were talking about, TJ, were kind of around the same time, right? Mm-hmm. The early seventies, yep. <coughs> yeah, late sixties, early seventies, yeah, toward the end of the Poe picture stuff. Do we but, know? You know who all of them kind of rose out of that Poe kind of thing. You know, you you do the torturous pit in the pendulum, and well, the next thing you got to do is find new ways to kill more people, right? So, right. trajectory wise, it kind of makes sense. Well, and, you know, the Poe stuff, you know, talking about Shakespeare, if you can't do Shakespeare, do Poe, right? right? Yeah, you know, I oh, mean, absolutely. Right, 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 right. Yeah. You know, the thing, I, I took a breath a minute ago, I just, it's, I uh, I just saw Black Last Earth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. The only movie so far to get that story. Sort of right. Sort of right. Yeah, exactly. Sort of right. Yeah. yeah. It's fun to watch. It becomes this. You know, and that's another thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Well, that's another one. That's another one where it's still so much about his voice because of all the voiceover. Yeah. And usually I'm like, eh, let's not do voiceover, but we've been to price talks. You know, shut up and listen. Yeah, exactly. And let him tell the story <laughs> while he's doing it, mm-hmm. because just listening to him talk about the arc I, of that story I and that character is fascinating. I can't think of another person whose voice was so. Maybe James Earl Jones, maybe Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know, man. Vincent Price's voice. I mean, 
neither of those two guys that I just mentioned got asked to be on Thriller. That's true. Right. You know. Uh. <laughs> thriller, man. It's thriller. Uh, maybe, yeah, well, always those times, you know, it's the, like Paul Frees is a guy whose voice you, you hear. Right. And it becomes iconic. But, um, I mean, all you have to do is listen to the the voiceover on the Haunted Mansion, right? The sort of Disney spooky sure. that made it so well. Yeah. Are, are either of you guys fans of Master of the World? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great... Oh, yeah. Sort of unofficial sequel, right? To uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues. Uh, kind of. Uh, I don't. I can't remember now if. Uh, but talk about maniacal raving at the oh, sky yeah, acting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and shit. I, I would. I would argue that that might be the first steampunk film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, steampunkers. Okay, should like I don't know. Movie. It don't came know out. Not, it came out in '61. I don't know when Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea came out. I want to say probably after. No, I just I, I want to say I want to say it came out in the fifties, okay. and that's why it was so yeah. oh jaw dropping because because that's kind of a steampunky movie too. That's true, uh, that's, and in a well, small way. Well, in a way, go ahead. In a way, prices uh, the absolutely dorky Doctor Goldfoot movies. Are sort of steampunky too in the build a blip with all brass and gold and wait, wait, bombs that you are talking about titles I am unaware of, sir. Please, Dr. Goldfoot, Dr. Goldfoot, one of them. You ready for this? Yeah, directed by Mario <laughs> Bava. What, yeah, yeah. And it, you, know what it's, you know what it's like? It's uh, imagine Vincent Price in um, a beach party. Bingo oh my God. Babylon movie. Yeah, it's really <laughs> stupid that way, and it's got that same but sort of sensibility, but it's cool. It's got that, and then essentially he has three movies as a Bond villain. Yeah, but he's yeah. the hero. <laughs> the movie's about him as the villain. Oh my God. He's going to get all this crap together of Bond London. I, and I know what I'm it's doing. It's a little horde of bikini women. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's great. <laughs> it's great stuff. It's around, the, it's, it's around the time. The way Bobby did it was around the time like he was stopping with the murdery things and doing more more commercial stuff. Right. Um, yeah, good stuff. Fucking Bobby. Stopping with the murdery things. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby makes me weep. There are. I, I, I use Baba films like really. Um, like once in a blue moon, I've seen them all, but it's like once in a blue moon, I'll go back and rewatch like Blood and Black Lace and Full sure. all over again. Um, I love that he had a sense of humor about himself. Yeah, he would appear. He did a live reading of the Thriller speech on the Joan Rivers show. You can see it on YouTube. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And he was well, again the, the making chicken in a dishwasher. That those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the old. Batman series is the villain Egghead. Yeah, oh. it doesn't get campier than that. That's right. Uh, he one, on one appearance, um, he started and they were on the set and they were bored, and so he picked up. There were eggs because he was Egghead, right? And he started an egg throwing fight on the set, <laughs> which really pissed everybody <laughs> off because he's throwing eggs and they're hitting costumes. Right, exactly. <laughs> now we have to reset and reset and reset. Yeah. But what are you going to do? He's missing price. Yeah. He also attended right. the opening night of the first production of Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's sort of a wow. special guest. Yeah, I read that. That's something. That's that's really cool. Vincent Price in Rocky Horror. That's you know, Doctor Scott. Here's here's the thing that when I hear stuff like that, watch that. I would watch that. Oh, I would watch definitely. the fuck out of that. Yeah. Do people do that because they know that it's 
good for their, you know, it's playing up to their image, or do they do it because they're genuinely interested, or genuinely interested, and and are a fan? That's a good question. I, seems, I don't know. It seems to it, me that's that that's a good question. Well, it seems mm. to me if you're Vincent Price, you have to be a fan. You have to be a fan of the genre because well, you, at the very least you get the drag of it, right? You know, yeah, because. There are lots of people who are like, you know, yeah, I did these movies back when I was blah, blah, but it's, I never liked them, and now I want to, you know, mm-hmm. there are people who leave whatever they're known for all the time. person that comes to mind on that, Clyde Barker? Oh, I do, I do dark fantasy, I don't do horror. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, which I think is just mincing words. And <laughs> yeah, I have no problem <laughs> saying that I, I write horror. Yeah. I'm yeah. Tom Carter. <laughs> it's like AA. Well, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> In a lot of ways, it's like AA. Well, and you know, anytime I, I, you know, TJ can speak to this. Stephen King, you know, famously said, "It's like people, you know, were asking him, do you, d- does it bother you that you're classified as a horror writer?" And then he goes on to list these amazing writers that we all right. consider our masters. <coughs> That wrote horror, and mm-hmm. so he's like, I, yep. in, in my mind, I'm in good company, you know? Uh, another big sort of elf in the room on, on him, and be our, especially our awareness of him, was the stuff he did um, on the Welcome to My Nightmare stuff with Alice Cooper. I remember his yes. kid at oh. and just going, oh my god, this is like the coolest thing ever. It's, yeah. It's, it's Alice Cooper, and it's horror, and it's Vincent Price, and it's on TV. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, it just seems that he was a guy who knew what he could bring to the table for other people. I mean, you know, with the Batman thing, Egghead, it fit sort of that snooty persona mm-hmm. that you would have with the with the art and the cooking, with the super stuff. It's like, yeah, that's the guy you want right there, and he just sort of makes everything better without a- taking over. Right, that's the thing that I always loved when Vincent Price would do a project with somebody else, is that he knew when to step forward and be the star that he could be, and when to step back mm-hmm. and play either the just the weirdo that he's so good at, or in a way, the sort of interesting comedian straight man. Like if you right. watch his appearances on the Carol Burnett show, he's never he's hardly ever the one delivering the joke because he knows People are there to see Carol Burnett make the joke. Right, right, and that's so the he heavy step lifting. Away from that, the yeah. in, in comedy, the straight man heavy lifting. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, we all laugh at Lou Costello, but uh, Bud Abbott's the one that is doing all the work. Yeah, uh, I read a story oh, wow. that I just loved. I'm going to repeat it for you. Uh, Price once talked about how he and Peter Lorre went to Bella Lugosi's funeral. And they went up and viewed the body together. And when Laurie saw Lugosi laying in the casket in his Dracula cape, yeah. he said, Do you think we should drive a stake through his heart just in case? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think we should? <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, Peter Laurie <laughs> is, is, is so cool. So, yeah. so talk about a guy that knows his lane and he's oh, he's there just right. for the, which is which is odd because in 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 some ways because, you know he, 
his first big big role was in M, was in Fritz Lang's yeah. M, right? And yeah. and that wasn't uh, I'm a sidekick kind of guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he very uh, Peter Lorre is one of those guys who very quickly figured out. It seems to me. Who who he is? Yeah, every scene needs that guy, yeah, especially exactly. if you're trying yep. to move, you know, uh, story. Uh, while Price made speaking of Fritz Lang, while Price was making When the City Sleeps in 1956, he became friends with Fritz Lang b- due to their mutual love of art. Oh, nice! And they remained friends. Yeah. When did when did Vincent Price die? Uh, October 25th, 1993. 93. 93. Just Man. before Halloween. Wow. Just before my birthday. Wow. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. Is your birthday <laughs> is your birthday on Halloween, TJ? Yes it is. I thought so. There you go. Uh <laughs> he won thirty two grand in an appearance on the game show, the sixty four thousand dollar question. <laughs> Not bad. It's like I probably used it well. It yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but it's we weird when that. you what see spend it on? when you see people like it's celebrity G and you're like, Look at Drew Carey with a Look yeah. at big brain on Drew. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He was a liberal Democrat, so high five there. Yeah. Um, what he, else? He um, friends a life uh, friends with Cassandra Peterson. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Again, one of those things where you make those friends that you need, and things certain things work better than others, and you just kind of let it go and. Like, yeah, why wouldn't they be friends? Uh, he it would was be the, weird if they were. <laughs> he, he was supposedly notoriously so superstitious. He said once that he kept a horseshoe, a cruci- crucifix, and a mezuzah on his front door. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, cover all your bases. That's right. <laughs> and, yeah, well. <laughs> um, uh, BBC Radio did a sh- series called Price of Fear. Uh, I'm just yeah. trying to blow through a lot of these. Uh, what are what are some of our personal favorites? Like, what are our films like? If if I said to you now, pick one or two price films um, to watch right now, what would it be? In in my case, it's definitely two Fibes movies. Um, and I don't know how much of that comes from being, you know, that that was my first exposure, not only to Vincent Price but to that type of a movie. Um, those those two movies are... They have so much in them. They have so much going on, and they... In, as far as I can see, later films, like you were talking about, TJ Saw, have so yeah. much... They owe so much to those movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the whole the whole idea that this... This guy who you know is essentially a villain. I mean, he's going out and he's killing these people, but he's also the protagonist. He is he's the wounded, you know, uh, uh, you know, the love of his life is gone, and he's trying to do well. One, he's trying to bring her back. Two, he's trying to take revenge out on those that that he sees are is responsible. Now, it, delusional, yes, um, but. There's so much there for a horror fan. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I just remember, I, I, I remember how awesome and weird it was to have this character who didn't speak with his mouth. 
yeah. that had to plug this thing into the yeah. side of his neck, and then and then holy crap, find out that like the wig and the face and all that is just hiding the scarred, you know, sure. horrible visage underneath. You know, uh, yeah. always reminded me the look of Fives always reminded me of another. Corman thing, uh, Doctor Sardonicus. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. would be scared the shit out of me. Oh, Sardonicus. Thanks, Bob Wilkins. Man, yeah. what, uh, are, are you good with those? Yeah, those are those are my two. What about you, TJ? You know, I probably love Madhouse more than I should. It's <laughs> just one. I go to it. You know, it's him and it's Peter Cushing and Robert Quarry's in it. Yeah, and just the relationship that's there between he and Peter Cushing, where you know, spoilers, sorry people, it came out in the 70s, so too bad. He, the Peter Cushing character, is supposed to be friends. Vincent Price's character is this actor who's famous for this character, Dr. Death, who does all of this thought stuff through a series of films that are just mentioned, we don't see. And then Peter Cushing is the writer. He's the one who created the character, and the, the point of it is that Cushing always thought he should be the one playing Dr. Death. Right. So he sets up the Vincent Price character to take a fall by killing the guy's fiance and super messed up. Mm-hmm. But just the dynamic between the, those two and there's this strange thing in the film where Price exhibits weakness. And that's sort of a thing that comes out in a lot of his stuff in The Usher and some of the other pole films. He is a fragile psyche and he's not like gung-ho hero I totally got this all the time It's he can be messed with mm-hmm. and messed up at and any lo- time and loses cool yeah yeah, you know, yeah. look at the uh, end of House of Wax yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so he, he has a lot of those and Madhouse for me is like just the pinnacle of all of that coming together even after the Fibes movies let's push all of this in and do this. And it was a year after Theater of Blood, so mm-hmm. he's got that behind him, and it's it's a madhouse. They just go for it, and, <laughs> and they don't let go. And right. of course, for for anybody out there in the bonus material podcast listening fan base who may have touched on some of my work, uh, the main character in my book, Cry Down Dark, his name is Peter Toombs. Tombs being the last name of the character Price plays in Madhouse. Yes. And of yes. course Peter Cushing. So <laughs> Look at um, that. I did I did that. <laughs> I did that. So, uh, for me, I'm gonna go uh, unrepentantly. Uh one, two, three, House on Haunted Hill. Sure. Because that's like the air you die. And I love yeah. the interactions between Price and his wife, yeah. who just yeah. hate each other, <laughs> but there's this level of gentility yes. that is fucking awesome. Secondly, right, they're um, so polite. Yeah, yeah. Even in the midst of <laughs> him shoving her into an ass, trying to kill each other. Uh, Pit and the Pendulum for the gothic kind of drag of it all and the Corman thing, right. and then for the sheer comedy of it, Tales of Terror, the Peter, where, you, where you, they do the. Him and Peter Laurie do the wine tasting. Yes, and he's doing funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's great stuff, you know. Um, and it and I think those three for me kind of typify like the tripod of what. Price well, was and, about. and you know the takeaway from all of this is that how, uh, despite being, um, for lack of a better hold, or uh, I'm sorry, for back of a better word, uh, pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah. as a horror guy, how diverse he yeah. was and could be. You know, and, and I mean, there there was all that general of, well, my well, just so kind of a thing, <laughs> and uh, but within that, there's all this weird directions that he would go to, and he was game for uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, just I, anything. Well, I'm looking through, and I'm I'm trying to get to it. That here you go. He did several appearances on the Bionic Woman. <laughs> um. Uh, he was on things like Carol Burnett Show, The mm-hmm. Snoop Sisters, Night Gallery. <laughs> uh, he was on the, an episode of the Gold. I take it. Back. Oh no, on the Gold Diggers. If you remember the Gold Diggers. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Holy crap! And then he would do all this children's stuff. Here, here comes Peter Cottontail, yes. the Gray Mouse Detective. So I wonder about that. About like, is it really just like that? Are are icons? Are icons in a specific genre just because that's the scripts that were hitting their desk? Michael Caine says the movies he picks are based on whatever the best script is on his desk at any given time. Right. So is it just that Price just began to get offered genre roles, and he was like, "Well, I think check clears." I think that that's I think that that's inevitable, right? Is like you know you did this movie, you did kind of movie, and it did well, so we're going to give you more of this kind of movie. Right, you know. Yeah. Um, well, it just seems later in his career that he, on screen anyway that he was getting so much joy from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why not? You know, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. made your money. You made your thirty-two grand on the pyramid. You know, <laughs> now you're just having fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing that that's the thing that always attracted me to it. Like even in those mystery introductions that he would do. Like, you could tell that he's just having fun. He's just goofing off. And I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. You know, well, you have to be having a lot of fun at at that age after such a long career to do a spoof of yourself, yeah. Vincent Van Gogh on Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Right? you got to be into that to do that. Yeah. You don't just take that for the money and hate yourself. No. I'm sure there's people who do, but I think uh, he thoroughly enjoyed it. Did we bring up the hilarious... House of Frightenstein. Did we bring that up? No. It's a Canadian series he did for in um, uh, in the seven or in the in the fifties. Um, I want to also in the fifties. No, no, no. Hold on. Damn it! I lost it. it was right for me. Anyway, I, I don't remember. It's not. I, I lost it. So I, it was a Canadian. Said. It was a Canadian TV series. TV show. God damn it! Anyway, I also want to bring up. Um, his role as Cardinal Richelieu in The Three Musketeers. Oh. That was a big one, and it was yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it's a straight acting role. And he's not, I mean, yep. it's Cardinal Richelieu, but he's not doing the typical Price, sure. Snidely Whiplash right. kind of thing. <laughs> um, that's, I'm running out of things. Oh, also The Conqueror Worm. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and The Witchfinder General. Okay, both of those. Movies. Both of those, I think of. Yeah, yeah they, the they sit room. on the same shelf. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's great. It, well, that's the thing. Like, you can look at somebody like Robert De Niro mm-hmm. and go, "He was great." This, this, and this, and then he's awful in this, this, and this. I can't. I really can't. I can't point that finger at Vincent Price. He was and in an awful lot of awful. Projects, he was in a, he he was was in a lot of crappy good. movies. Yeah, he was always good. Exactly. Yeah, you would yeah. just watch it for him and then go do whatever else you were going to go do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, even when he's on the Brady Bunch, he's, yeah, he's still, you know, 
act into the back of the room. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. I don't remember the night gallery you did. I don't either. Uh, uh, it says here... What was the name of the episode? doesn't you know? say. That's the one I, I don't know. He played a professor in someone named John Carmody, but it doesn't... I don't have it well. You know, the, the great thing about going back and watching a series like that is the sheer number of great actors that were yeah. involved. And, and at the time, you didn't think about it. But then you go back, you look at, uh, you know, Twilight Zone is a perfect example, you know, where you have... Anthony Burgess, and you have, you mm-hmm. have or, I'm sorry, uh, you, Burgess Meredith, Meredith. Burgess Meredith. Yeah, you have all these different people. And, uh, uh, you Those know, anthology sh- shows were like that, though. Like yeah. Burgess was in the Twilight oh Zone, but it was yeah. all early in their career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Price was on the Mod Squad. <laughs> <laughs> of course. See, that's <laughs> a perfect fit. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Mod he, Squad. He was the ghetto pimp. <laughs> Um, he was on here. He was on uh, Here's Lucy. Oh, Somehow mm-hmm. that went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He was also on Love American Style. Love. Speaking American of a show Style. that it wasn't genre, but just was this. It like the Love Boat. It was this cascade yes. of oh yeah, that guy kind of actors. I yeah. I loved <laughs> Love American Style. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was an anthology show. Yeah, and, it was it was ribald in a way, like, but not as far as like, let's say, Benny Hill. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, Benny sure. Hill. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's what's great. Like we were just saying, is there's a certain point where you go, some people are just doing it for the money, and some people are doing it because they love their job, and they love their work. Yeah. Yeah. Or I and got he was doing the work that he was given. Or I got he nothing going. Either. Yep, I'm available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Instead of, no, I'm I'm too serious and I have to wait for or whatever next great giant thing. You know, I'm just going to sit here and not work. Because We're looking at Daniel Day Lewis, <laughs> right? Yeah, and no prices. It's like, yep, I'm down. Yeah, I'm, I'll do it. Oh, I live two miles from your studio. I'm there. I'm either doing <laughs> your this gig or making chicken in a dishwasher. <laughs> Uh, saw that he was a he he did a lot of early work with La Jolla Playhouse, doing. Have you ever heard of La Jolla, La Jolla Playhouse? Yeah, it yeah, was like a big thing. Yeah, yeah, he was one of those guys that um, um, early on was like, all right, signing on and supporting them and getting cool. the word out. That's very I, cool. I think that and and we may have spoke to this already, but I think he's one of those guys. Well, like Peter Lorre, who figured out early on, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, who and and is you know. I think it would have been dumb for him to become, try to become John Wayne, for example. Yeah. Tough guy Vincent. I, you know, imagine, I don't know why I'm thinking, but imagine like Vincent Price in the Christopher Lee role in Whipping the Body, the Baba film. Oh. Because that's what it is. It's kind of that same role. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I just don't, I don't see Vincent Price like, Throttling the guy, reading, well, leading the Green Berets, you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like even John Wayne well, didn't lead the Green Berets. If there's a difference between Price and Christopher Lee, I think it's like Christopher Lee enjoyed, like he looks like he enjoys the times when he's hurting people, right? In a film, and Vincent Price always seems to be. Like, this is just something I have to do. Yeah, I've yeah. got to cut it's you in half happy. with this elaborate <laughs> contraption, because, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, don't, I well, don't want to, but you screwed me over, and now I have to. So well, even though he had that, that serious 
voice and that appearance. He still has, I think, a bit more of that everyman aspect. Like, well, yeah, I'd do that too if I could. If I was in that situation, he has more humanity than Christopher Lee. I think, and I think that the reason for that is is Christopher Lee, um, at this point, famously was you know involved with killing people Mm -hmm. in the war. Yeah, and and I don't think that's a price had. Well, there's that famous story about how he was on a set of something and he and he goes. Was, there was a scene where someone got stabbed, and when they did it, they it was it was um it was on Lord of the Rings. His character gets stabbed, and Peter Jackson wanted him to articulate more, and he's like, "That's not what happened. That's not what happened." Yeah. He was stabbed. <laughs> yeah, and so Peter Jackson had certainty. to. certainty. Yeah, um, like, I, uh, you, okay, do your thing. One story I heard was Price was on a trip to Barcelona, and a woman walked up and asked for his autograph, and she said, uh, "Can't tell you how many years I've enjoyed your films, Mr. Karloff." <laughs> so Vincent Price, so Vincent Price signed it Boris, Boris Karloff, Karloff even though Boris Karloff had been dead for 15 that is see and that's a classy move right he could have he could have uh, do you remember when Kennedy from MTV was interviewing um uh you know that Kennedy is Landau that? You go ahead yeah and <laughs> and he went off on her because she didn't know her shit. She yeah. didn't know who he was. Yeah, don't, inter- don't interview me yeah, and not yeah, know yeah, who yeah. I am. Yeah. Uh, Kennedy, this will not surprise anyone, is ne- is currently a Fox News... Oh, yeah. Guy. Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me Speaking of <laughs> Speaking of autograph... I know. Speaking of autographs, someone asked him for his autograph, and he would routinely sign the name Dolores Del Rio. When asked about it, he said, I promised... Dolores on her deathbed that I would do everything I could to keep her name alive. Oh, wow. <laughs> In other words, fuck your autograph, buddy. No, really, it's not Dolores. Yeah, that was kind of funny. How awesome would that be to have that in your But he's still signed. And Vincent Price Del Rio yeah. uh, signature. He has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Two. One for television and one yeah. for motion pictures. Wow. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. There's a one of the sides of the buildings right there on Hollywood Boulevard has a big painting of him. There's a prostitute from Hitchcock. There's a Vincent Price yeah. and there's a Hitchcock one. So they're kind of staring at each other and Hitchcock <laughs> is... Hitchcock's painting has crows flying around him and Price's has a raven. So it's a pretty cool spot. That brings up a question I've often wondered. Do... do You know, it, it's it's a... It's a big thing, but it's a fun thing when you get your star on the walk. Um, do we ever remove stars? Like, there's it's and like if cheap. Kevin Spacey had a star, is it now being dug up? <laughs> Sometimes um, uh, it ain't cheap to to get a star, and it's sure. you have to actively campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A whole it, big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. You have to have like a group, like yeah. the people. Of who you know work on Hollywood Boulevard don't maintain it. It's like your fan group or fan base that right. essentially did the petitioning that has to take care of. I read so. that I read that he was friends with Deep Purple. What? <laughs> <laughs> and he appears on um, a live record called "The Butterfly Ball and the Grasshopper Feast" that Roger Glover did. Man, I I look at this. I like I look at. This <laughs> I want to hear Vincent like Price sing "Highway." Down. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> I, 
I, I look at I look at people's careers like this, and I'm just like, it's hugely inspiring, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like, at no point it, it seems like to me, at no point did you have a lull. You know, uh, you, you you switched gears depending on what was required of you at the time, and you kept working. Yeah. yeah, you might have low points, but not necessarily to stop. I right? say yes to everything. I'm yeah. looking at his filmography, and, and there's a, a, a year lull between 41 and 43, <laughs> and then it's solid. It yeah. gets a little sparser as you get towards the end when you do things like you know yeah. Dead Heat that he was in and right. and Edward Scissorhands. Um, Man, but. Uh, yeah, the Edward Scissorhands things, it's designed to break your heart. Yeah, yeah oh, and it does. And it works every time. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because we immediately <laughs> want to protect this old man. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find... And that's the, you know... Talk about, you know, briefly, uh, Tim Burton. That's what he's good at, and that's mm-hmm. what he should... Stick to, yeah. and that's what Cut he's shit. gotten away from. Cut the know? shit with your dark yeah. shadows. You're not funny, so go do what you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, originally, his role in Edward Scissorhands was supposed to be bigger, um, but he was yeah. in emphysema and right. Parkinson's, and yeah. so they, he really only appears in just two scenes. Yeah. And um, what did he die? Of? I'm gonna say emphysema, lung cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Back in the yeah. day, when everyone was looking. Sure. Um, and that's part of it also, is it's used to such great effect. The idea that, you know, as he's presenting him his hands, yes. he dies. He dies. And mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, I don't know. I don't know wh- how we get from there to that, the second Alice in Wonderland film. Well, yeah, <laughs> how do we get there from there? How do we get to Dumbo with Will Smith, which is his next movie? Oh, my God. <sighs> Uh, well, first of all, I tell you how they show him a big bag of money. That's exactly <laughs> right. It, well, I get it. I, I, as a filmmaker, Tim Burton is probably the poster child for nostalgia boy. Right? He's the he, spooky guy. Well, he's the spooky guy. Yeah. He's, he's the spooky guy that is constantly going to the of what I what was affecting me in my childhood. Right, right, right. And yeah. he's the thirty-five-year-old who trick or treats but doesn't have kids. Right. Exactly. Um, I think he's a stunted yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Um, okay. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Del Toro relies a, a lot on the things that influences him as child sure, as well. Sure, sure, sure. But he, yeah. he's a more adept filmmaker, I think. Well, yeah. You know. Del Toro's... You know, Tim Burton is one of those guys that's like, hey man, here's what you're good at. Yeah. Stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I'm all for trying different things. You tried them, you suck. Do this because you do this right. really well. Well, I wonder because right. supposedly he's going back to build this with this Beetlejuice too. With McKean. that'll be interesting. It'll it'll be it'll be yeah. It, I it can either be a mess yeah. or it could be good. We're me- I just don't. I <sighs> so many twenty thirty year sequels and reboots and you yeah. know. I feel bad for myself every time I pay for one of them, and I still go. Like I, I realize I'm part of this problem, and that's sure. horrible to me to think that. Like yeah. I can't. Part of it also is the where I live. I don't get a lot of interesting independent stuff. You know, right. like I just barely got to see The Shape of Water a couple of weeks ago on the first weekend it played in my area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you think? So, I 
loved it. Isn't it great? Yeah. There's, there's going to be a movie that we talk about in our trailers today that pisses me off to no end. Good. Yeah. Uh, he gave over 800 performances in the United States and Australia between 1977 and 1980 of his one-man show, Diversions and Delights. How many performances? 800. Oh my God. Where he's in the play, he played Oscar Wilde in 1899, set at the Parisian Concert Hall um, in the Rue de Pepiniere. The play was written by John Gay and directed by the party. Vincent Price is Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde? In better, in, in a small oh, venue, a one man show venue. Oh. Like, probably in the round, probably just him on a stage. Like the Hal Holbrook Mark Twain I'd thing. give a body part for that. Yeah. Could you imagine? Uh, Dude, that would have been awesome. Um, there needs, I think there needs to be more of that. Like, pretty much the only guy doing anything like that right now is the occasional uh, Jeffrey Combs does Poe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that, too. Like, I, I, I hope that at too. some point... I hope that at some point somebody has done a really good recording of it and releases it uh, uh, as a as a Blu-ray or a DVD. I'd love to That'd see be it. Because I know I'm not going to be in a position to actually go see it live. Uh, his right. Price's ashes were scattered off the California Malibu with, along with his favorite gardening hat. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, there you go. That's sweet. Yeah. It's a... Get you, man. Um, I'm trying to think what we're missing on this guy. So, uh, Poe was married. Poe was married. I, I'm sorry. Uh, Price. Price. Price is married. Price was married. Yeah. Um, and he convert because of the marriage. He he sort of perfunctorily converted to Catholicism, even though he wasn't a practicing Catholic. Yeah. Do we know much about his wife? There was a lot of. Um, God. It seems to me like I remember seeing them together. And well, there was a thing where some of the kitchen stuff. Yeah, he would. Yeah. It was it was almost like. I mean, I'm sure Clara. Brown, I want to say her name or something like that. God damn it. Was she an actress? No. I don't know enough about her. But I do Probably know that, that she was a sort of indulgence of, of him his, doing yeah. his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, God damn it. But you have to be. Coral Brown was her name. Oh. Um, and I want to say he married twice. But don't quote me on that. Okay. I, don't have that. I don't have that at my fingertips. Um... But again, this is a guy who he's so ubiquitous with with the that we all love. Yeah, and we're willing to see him in anything, even Dead Heat. Dead right. Heat's cool. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, my it does have one of my favorite lines in Tough Guy Talk. Yeah, um, Street Williams walking down the hallway, and the guard stands up, and he shoots him in the chest, and says, "Sit down," and the guy falls into a chair. <laughs> I love that. Those are those moments. <laughs> movie could be dog shit, but you're like, that's genius. Uh, well, you know, that I'm all out of gum is still, I think, one yeah. of the greatest lines yeah. ever. Yeah. Well, I do. Be, I, it's, it's been so over, you yeah. know, played. But but the first time you the see first it, time you yeah, saw you it, you're go. just like, oh my god, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, things seep into the culture. You know, one yeah. of, one of the things I think is interesting is how unimpersonable. Vincent Price's like there's two guys who do good Vincent Price impersonations Bill Hader and Dana Gold yeah yeah Dana Gold is great Dana Gold is nobody else does a nobody else does a good Vincent Price impersonation and Bill Hader's is all over the top satire anyway yeah Yeah. it's all over the place yeah but Bill Hader my favorite Bill Hader is uh, on James Franco Roast he does the, the president of Hollywood 
<laughs> and he's just telling you should say thank you to me because you don't deserve the career they have. It's really funny. Uh, I want to go. Bill Hader's one of those guys that I, I think, should be bigger than he is. Yeah, yeah. he's in that. New, we got a couple weeks ago. He has a new thing coming up called Barry. Where it's a he's a hitman. It's kind of like Gross Point Blank. Yes. And he wants to be an actor. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm kind of into that. Um, we talked about House of Wax and Laura in 1944. A little Man. tiny bit like Laura's. That's a, that's an amazing. We talked about that. Some of those forty things, like precursors and contemporary with um, Hitchcock's Rebecca. Yes, mm-hmm. he did Dragonwick, which is one of those gothic romances. You know, it's not horror. But it's in that same Venn. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's like, okay, now you're leading man kind of guy, and let's do this. And and then, you know, a lot of that and stuff from The Bat and other weird things like that, you know, they get spliced. One of my favorite Vincent Price movies isn't even a Vincent Price movie. It's um, Steve Martin's Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Price gets cut into that at a few different points and totally out of context stuff and just <laughs> that delivery of prices in those scenes and then you get Steve Martin again being the joke and you know that the weight the seriousness of whatever Price was doing at the time just totally plays into that kind of usage yeah uh, 1954 he played Casanova in Casanova's Big Night I have not seen that. I, I have not either. Love to see that. Vincent Price as Casino Lothario. <laughs> that's pretty badass. That is pretty badass. Uh, I'm looking over his IMDb now to try to find some things. Lots of things like Playhouse 90 and Studio 57. He was really good mm-hmm. at smarmy and oily. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. and I and I think his role in the Ten Commandments like really. Oh yeah. Really sums that up. He was he was really good at that. And, uh, you know, props to DeMille for recognizing that because he was like the perfect yeah. guy for that role. Um, he's a man from. He was an F Troop. Everybody was an F Troop. <laughs> F Troop? Man. You could I know. There, were, but, you know. <laughs> there was no way you could make F Troop today. Oh, no. No, no, no. Or there's a lot of that <laughs> stuff. No. It's like Gilbert says about Hogan's Heroes. It's like. It's set in a Nazi concentration camp, and it's a comedy. <laughs> uh, well, the great thing about Hogan's Heroes is so many of the actors playing the Nazis were Jews. Yeah, and both of them, yeah. both of the yeah. big ones, yeah. and Schultz were both yeah. Jews. Yeah. Um, Red Skeltenauer. A lot of kid stuff. A lot of voiceover stuff showing up on shit like Columbo. Yep. Um, Ellery Queen. As as we so often talk about, a working actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Rob did it. Yeah, trying to see here. Anything you know, there's big. His last film was in 1993. He was a voice in something called The Thief and the Cobbler, and, and he died that same year. That was yeah, probably that I have seen. Have you? I have because it was one of those. You know, I was 13 at the time, so you know, and I have little brother. And that's one of the things that oh my would God, come through. We were 13 so, in 1993. I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's our takeaway on price, I guess? Is it is it just... I, I, it's weird to say, just shrug your shoulders and go, yeah, cornerstone yeah. of what we think of as our genre. Well, here's... I mean, I, I think the things that are important is... 
um, a guy who never um, was afraid of poking fun at himself, mm-hmm. yep. which, which immediately makes you likable, mm-hmm. right? Um, at the same time, a guy who carried great gravitas in certain roles, and uh, when he when he was the heavy. He was heavy. I mean, it wasn't. There was no yeah, he was fucking around. around. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, yeah. that I'll interject there, and I'll let TJ say this, is that uh, uh, he also realized that great villains don't think they're villains. Exactly. Usher yep. doesn't think he's crazy and maniacal and all the things. Right. He has no. very good justifications for what he's doing. Yeah. In his head, anyway. Pitting the pendulum the same way. House on how you Go down the list. I think... Well, Witchfinder General, he's solidly right, right? He has that moral code mm-hmm. to that character. Right. It's just like, no, I'm right. You know, I'm, I'm wrong, but I'm right. Yeah. This is the right thing for... We see it. Like you mentioned earlier, this Cardinal Richelieu. This Cardinal Richelieu absolutely believes he's doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah and that makes even it even wrong. more... That makes it even more frightening. Well, and that's... I, and, and that's a reflection, I think, of real life, right? Like... I was just going to say, look at Washington. Yeah, most people... Yeah. Shitty people justify him doing shings. Yes, yeah, most people who do something bad don't believe they're doing something bad. They think they're... No, they're convinced. In their head, they're heroes. Yeah. 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 They always... They, 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 I had a teacher once that would always go, hey, man, Hitler liked dogs and kids, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you kind of go, yeah... Yeah. And talk uh, more importantly, more importantly, King Kong. <laughs> that was his favorite film. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. yeah. <laughs> Bam. Bam. <laughs> so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break. Yep. And then when we come back, we're gonna go over all the stuff. All the stuff. All and the I ain't got stuff. much. But, um, I do. I a little, but not a lot of people died. So. That's yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> So right now, go ahead and uh, groove on that. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down. Stand and face the hounds of hell And rot inside a corpse's shell Thriller. Thriller. <laughs> um, moving ahead to second hour stuff. Uh, I only have three people dead. Nice. <laughs> Number one, you can't say you didn't see this one coming. 102-year-old Nina Thelati. She was a famous ballerina. Oh. Not a grip. 
not an electrician, <laughs> but a ballerina. Uh, uh, Vic Damone died. Yeah. Vic Damone. Silky Waist. He was sort of a Dean Martin like. Uh, crooner. Yeah, crooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry yeah, yeah. 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 Como, yeah. that kind of thing. And then, for me, kind of the big one was Marty, Marty Allen. Marty Allen. Uh, Hella. Uh, Hello there was his big catchphrase. Yeah. And he was just this wild eyed dude who would just go for it comedically. He was it was he, he's one of those guys where his look was funny. Was funny. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not Marty Feldman funny. No. But he <laughs> no. uh he did a he was in a duo called uh Alan and Rossi. Yeah. For years. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Rossi went on to he was a singer. Yeah. And he played essentially the Bud Abbott role. Yeah. Yeah, a little before TJ's time, this Marty Allen that we speak of. Were you aware of him? Yes. Yep. I I had grandparents who showed me as much old stuff as they could. So <laughs> yeah. If you want, I went sat and watched. Uh, I went sat and watched. Um, it happened one night with my grandparents. Wow. I'm all, I'm all about old stuff with them. Right on. Sadly, sadly, they have also passed, but. Um, if you trying to do my best to pass that on too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you want a really vein, you I call them YouTube veins, and that is look up the words Hollywood Palace. It was a variety show that ABC did every week where you would get things like, um, I this is real. Paul Lynn, Elizabeth Montgomery reading from Macbeth. <laughs> like singers would come out and actors would come out and a lot of people would do stuff that was different and every week it was just gold. Yeah. Uh Janis Joplin played on one, I'm gonna say. Wow. And um it was it, it, it was a cool thing. Um talk shows at that time, man, were were dynamite. I, it, well this was more like, it, it wasn't like a variety show like Sunny and Cher. Right. It was more like old vaudeville yeah, yeah, yeah. coming back. It was very yeah. cool. Um, moving on to news, I got some stuff in here that's really you off. Yeah. First up, uh, Fox <laughs> is pushing back both Alita Battle Angel and Predator because <sighs> they're not getting terrific early input, and so they're retooling a little bit. Yeah. So right. can I say something just sure. briefly about Alita Battle Angel is my personal favorite manga. Mm-hmm. I had a friend from high school who gave it to me, and we found the anime version. Gun two ends in that G U N N M. It's on YouTube now, also the half hour thing, and it's absolutely amazing. And I got so excited for this movie that I let my friend who lives in Southern California know that he and I have to get together to actually go to this movie, like yeah. an event for us now in our late thirties, from when we were seventeen to go to this movie. And the summertime was going to be perfect, so I am super pissed at <laughs> yeah, this pushback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I, it, it might be down to scheduling. It might be that someone else put something up that weekend that was going to eclipse I, yeah, it. it. Who knows? Yeah, there's no telling. But the thing. new weekend that they put it up is right in front of other Star Wars and, mm. and all that other December temple stuff. Weird. The new winter temple stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, uh, I, I, I will say that, like, years, years, years ago, when James Cameron was talking about doing a, a live-action Alita, um, I was so excited, uh-huh. because that was one of the few animes that, that I really 
really, really, really dug. Mm-hmm. And then and then he came out with what was that series? Was it Dark Angel? Yeah. The name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thought, oh, yep. this is his. This is know, his take on it. Yeah, sure. And, uh, yeah. I'm glad that there is actually a movie happening. Uh, let's see, Mata Hoople reuniting for a festival in the UK. Yeah, Ian Hunter, um, Ariel Bender, a couple of guys. Yeah. Sadly, I'm in. sadly, Bowie's not around to do Could the backup. Oh my God, that would have been amazing. <laughs> right? yeah. I'd love to see. Maybe they'll make a hologram of him. I'd love <laughs> to see members of Queen. If you, they, Ian Hunter did a record Ooh. called uh, "All American Alien Boy." Yeah, there's a song on there called "You Nearly Did Me In." Yeah, look it up. Queen and Freddie Mercury sing background on it. It's amazing. Could you imagine them coming? That would, that I'd be into that. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Murphy, American Horror Story, Glee, all that other shit. Right. Uh, huge deal with Netflix. So look like he's going to probably let American Horror Story run its course, you know, course on effects. Sure. But all new projects are going to be funneled through. That's Netflix where the money is. Buying everything. Yeah. And not all of it's good. No. We talked about the yeah. Cloverfield paradox, and it's getting pretty shit on. Yeah. People are are nodding the marketing strategy of it, but ultimately it was a film that wasn't going to make any big splash. Without that. Yeah, yeah. and now it, it's that. Yeah. Uh, Hulu. There's a series that's been bouncing around. If you follow Hollywood Reporter on like Facebook or whatever, you see these clips of roundtable discussions. Sure. Close up Hollywood Reporter. Hulu picked it up. It's a series. Oh, cool. I'm into that. There's a campaign to get an Adams Family House Lego set. You can go online <laughs> and sign your name to that, and it looks so cool. Okay, it looks super. Those cool. Lego sets are so expensive, though. I can I can barely buy the small ones for my son, and he right. absolutely loves them. And if yeah. there's an Adams house, it's going to be like, okay, son, your birthday's in March, mine's in October. Uh, somewhere in the middle of there, we're getting a present. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to buy this thing <laughs> and a tube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, LeBron James, for some reason, is producing a redo on House Party. <laughs> what? what? As long as you follow House Party too, I'm okay with it. My question is: Is will Kid and Play be involved? Uh, like old? <laughs> wouldn't it be funny for them to do a cameo, like as the old neighbor who keeps? I'd like to see up? them, right? To see what they look like. <laughs> Yeah, I bet she doesn't have that face. I bet he does not. <laughs> Kid all bald. <laughs> the hair, the hair comes straight up except for the top. Uh, we were talking about Chad Stahelski last week. Yeah, he's set to direct something called now called Sandman Slim from a series. Well, Rich Hodry. Yeah, the Sandman Slim books are great. Um, they're they're awesome. If you haven't read them, uh, is it YA or is it full on? No, just fiction? it's full on. Fi- yeah. Okay. No, yeah. And they're, yeah. they're really <laughs> like good. YA isn't really good. <laughs> what an asshole I am. Go ahead. Is it a real book? <laughs> uh, no, I, they're great, and uh, they they are uh, they're primed for for being made into a movie or a series. Or yeah, I was, I'm all over it. Yeah, nice. absolutely. They have the episodic feel to them. Yeah. So good. Yep. That is nine of them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Netflix, um, Daily Show correspondent Michelle Wolf recently an HBO special that if you haven't seen, you should probably see it. It's, it's actually very, very, very funny. But they're giving her a late night talk show kind of series at Netflix. I think what they're trying to do is since Chelsea Handler pulled the ejection seat on right. her series, they're right. giving mm-hmm. it to Michelle Wolf. Sure. And I'm in. Okay. Michelle Wolf is fucking funny. Yeah. 
So, uh, um, yeah, she comes from that same sort of world of people like, you know, Rock and Neil Brennan and, yeah. you know, anyway. Um, Paddington director Paul King doing a reboot of Willy Wonka. I Why? If it's not stop motion, I don't care. We don't need it. We don't need it. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Another Peter Pan movie. We should have that. We should always... <laughs> <laughs> Another Robin Hood movie. Watch the, Another Robin Hood. What is the life cycle on Peter Pan and Robin Hood movie? Yeah. Four or five years? Something. Or you're going to get one whether you want one or not. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. right. uh, Chris Columbus is talking about doing a Five Nights at Freddy's movie. I think that this is it's good. Uh, yeah. I think that he, he has the right sensibility for it. <laughs> um, I, I, to be honest, until I met... The eight-year-old that I live with now, I had no idea. I, it's I, creepy stuff. It is creepy kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so sure, and I, and I love the idea. Like Chuck E. Cheese has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Let me say, I worked at Chuck E. Cheese. No. Yeah. Right out of high school, I the, a lot of the, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. A lot of the early photos of Lucky and and Mr. Munch and all those guys. Yeah. The and they had actors in those goofy suits. Yeah, this guy. Hey! (laughs) Nolan Bushnell, who owned Atari and owned Chuck E. Cheese. Right. We we used to come in all the time, and he would come into the kitchen and grab people, you, and he would drag you out and play Space Invaders. Throw you you in the ball pit. I didn't ask to leave a Chuck E. Cheese because I had my kids in the ball pit, and I was body slammed. (laughs) You know, what's weird about Chuck E. Cheese for me is that uh, when I was a kid in high school, there, where I lived, there was no Chuck E. Cheese. It was Billy Bob's. Oh wow! Yeah, there was a Bullwinkles too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a while. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so it was really weird for me to move and then see Chuck E. Cheese. I'm like, what? I the love. There's the guy. There are these guys that have gone out as Chuck E. Cheeses have closed, and they bought the animatronics. Thing. Yeah. And they make music videos. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. I have a great story about about Chuck E. Cheese and the animatronics, but like it's really dirty and I can't. Do it. But it's funny. I'll tell you guys off point. Sorry, guys, listening. But um, Mike, this is okay. Michael Fassbender signed on to Kung, the Kung Fury movie. Okay, and then oh. Arnold signed on. So <laughs> I will watch Fassbender in. Anything, and that's stretching it for me. I loved Hungry. Mm-hmm. I thought you know it was fun. It was just the right length, half an hour. Yeah, that's all I needed to that. Well, to, and so I'm just like, what? What are they gonna do? I don't know. It, the, the thing is, is. For me, what made one of the things that made Kung Fury work was that guy, and I don't know that guy. Yeah, the guy playing Kung Fury. I think he's still in it. Is he? Yeah. I, what I understand is is that Schwarzenegger plays the mayor of some town, uh-huh. and Fassbender, I think, is the bad guy. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. No, I, I was from, worried that Fassbender running was going to be no, the guy. No, 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 yeah. no. That guy, you need that guy. You need that guy. You need that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that guy. I mean, that maybe, nice guy. <laughs> maybe it's just me, but I'm, but we're losing a lot of people to Parkinson's. Yeah, and it was announced this week that Glenn Tipton, guitar player for Judas Priest, right. will no longer be touring yep. because of Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I don't know if he'd be still going to um, play on the records. Well, a see, la Neil Diamond, right? It, that's the thing with a lot of these guys 
uh, coming out with these announcements, I don't think they know because they don't know where they're going to be mm-hmm. in the disease. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, and and so, so it would be, it, you know, what do you say? You don't say I'm not going to do anything because then that means you're giving up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. You, you know you say and the first thing they'll tell tour. you. The first thing they'll tell you is to to ha- to have a through line, right? Like see yourself through this. Yes, this exactly. Thing. So, yeah. Um, uh, this week, uh, an animation came out um, based on Jodorowsky's and Mobius Winkle. Yeah, and it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That this looks. I'm excited about this. This. Uh, some group called Pascal Blaze, a Canadian animation s- studio, did it. Yeah. <coughs> I, I tell you, Canadians, when it comes to animation, they got their shit down. Mm-hmm. They know, first of all, the <laughs> government helps pay for the shit. Right. You know, uh, which I've always been envious of. Um, yeah. And Mobius, like... M- I t- it's it's hard for me to articulate how important Mobius's work mm-hmm. was and it's how much of an influence it was. It's one of those things where you immediately you see it and you go, "That's, that's Mobius." That's Mobius. Yeah. Uh, interestingly mm-hmm. enough, Nils winning Reffin, this the Inkle is on one his list of films he'd love to make. Oh wow! One day. Yeah, it so looks great. Oh. It looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, here, not many meaning to bring the room down, but. Hey, Stella Stevens is selling her house to pay for her medical bills due to Alzheimer's. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that kills me, but it kills me. Uh, it's a drag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tim Miller, who directed Dead right? and Brian Michael Bendis are teaming up for an X-Men spinoff. Sure. Uh, I, yeah, you're going to do it. Whatever. Whatever. I don't care. Are, are you a fan <laughs> of the X-Men films, TJ? Off and on. A lot of them are great, but... You know they're momentarily entertaining. Well, essentially, X Men. I loved Logan. Logan yeah. was amazing. Uh, X Men has always been a little soap operatic, and oh, yeah. it that's why that old cartoon worked so much is because it was a soap opera for a boy. Yeah. Right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Wolverine was always pissed off. Yeah, at somebody. Uh, yeah. Uh, but um. I I don't know. I mean, do they make that me that we warrant them? They're so hot to get them into the MCU. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with them with a big middle finger to Sony. Like, you held these for so long. Yeah, and yeah, You could have yeah. made a shit ton of money on yeah. these. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, good that they're all under one house now, but um, I don't know that we did an X-Men movie. I, do an I, Alpha I Flight don't know movie. if we ever needed a next right? no, do an Alpha <laughs> Flight movie. We, need, we needed one because they're so big in the comics world. Uh-huh. But what are we up to? Eight? Seven or eight I don't now? Know. I anyway. Two, four. Uh, yeah, six? Seven? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Stefano Salima, who is directing Sicario 2 Soldado, is talking about directing a Call of Duty. First of all, I said, Is it going to be Call of Duty with zombies or no. like straight up Call it of Duty? It sounds just war. like a fucking war movie. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, huh. okay. I've seen yes. that. Yeah. No. Yeah, I just my, my, my answer is no. I just don't know that we yeah. necessarily need that. No. Um, it always worries me also now t- when I see these pictures that are like, hey, ain't war cool? 
No. Yeah, but that's always been that's always, that's always been the case. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, well, you know, the people who like Call of Duty are playing Call of Duty. They're not going to the movie. Right. Right. Um, that's true. Supposedly, before Romero died, he had a novel uh, called The Living Dead that was unfinished. And I guess this guy, Neil Krause, who wrote Rotters and The Death and Life of Zebulon Finch, is going to complete That's it. actually good. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, so he's gonna co- he's gonna complete uh, complete the novel and they'll release it huh. as a co-writing status. Cool. Um, uh, Joe Rogan killed his message board. Right. Um, I'm bringing this up because don't even ask me how I ended up there, but I, I went there <laughs> 15 years ago, and it was such a despicable place that I couldn't fathom how he let it fly. Yeah. Um, there used to be things like uh, moderators would monitor new members. They had posts to post pornography because that, in his thinking, it showed that they weren't like crazy, you know, far, far leaning feminists or Christians or any of that other stuff. Right. So you put up porn and the more heinous the porn was, the better people <laughs> liked you. I <laughs> sailed through that part. And, um, <laughs> Um, so, and it became a really hard place to sort of justify. It was it was really vicious. It was all the things 4chan has become and all this right. other stuff. So um, without word or preview, he just pulled a plug on it. And um, a lot of people are, that were regulars there were, were roaming around. And he's not given any uh, um, justification for it. The only thing I can think of is is some someone in, in a position of power in Hollywood pulled him aside and said this is a liability. Yeah, this is a black eye. This is a huge liability because all it takes is even a cursory go go through just a couple of their threads and um, you will see so he he, uh, (laughs) Well, I imagine it's it's a troll's Paradise, yeah. right? It's and it was it at the, during the when I joined, it was super. It was really funny uh-huh. and viciously funny. But uh, over the years, as he his popularity grew, the the message board grew, and it, I had a full t- my full time sort of gig there was they had a pick of the day where you could just post pictures, and my, I had to police that fucker, go through it, and go like you're not posting pictures and ding people, ridiculous stuff. Right. But it was all like herding cats because as soon as you would ban someone, they would come back. You know. Right. So yeah, yeah. anyway, um, on the flip side of that, somebody bought Fangoria. Yeah, and it's coming back as a quarterly. Is that correct? I didn't read it. Uh, yeah, a quarterly. That's the point. Yeah, is it, from everything I've read, they're going to try to do their best to get it ramped up in time for a 40th anniversary next year. Is it? Um, is it um, print? Yes, it's print. They're going to do a print quarterly. Everything that they've said, uh, the editor-in-chief, the guy who most recently was uh, editor-in-chief for Birth, Death Movies. Okay. So and somebody got behind that guy with the big bag of money. Yeah. Uh, based out of Dallas. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it weird. I, I, it sounds like it, they're... So. Th- the, the spin they're putting is, is it's new blood. It's going to be all these new... New writers, right? I.e. Yeah, well, some of their new blood, of course, is um, recent bonus material guest twenty two pound. Yeah, and yeah. Well, that Rebecca makes McKendry, sense. Well, well, see, that, according to what I've seen, they've got Michael Gingold back. Sure. So, well, that all makes so sense. they've reached back into the old blood and validate it, and then. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think they reached in enough to grab 
sergeants in the field and generals in the field. You yeah. have to you have to have something that lends it legitimacy. Mm-hmm. So that and that's what that is. So that when you hire yeah. these yeah. kids, I find that it interesting. Has has Chris Alexander signed on in any way? To he he has said that he would write a column if they asked him to, but he's so busy. He's got his own movie projects. He's doing that Delirium magazine. Right. He just started a lot of collector magazines that he's working with. So huh. if he does anything, it would just be like a column. Is he still doing the, the Charles Band thing? That's what Delirium is, That's right? what Delirium yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big... Yeah. Sh- Look, I don't mean to talk shit, but it's pretty much a shilling thing sure. for Charles Band stuff. As Charles oh, yeah. Band is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I don't. I. I'd. I'd be curious. I know he just had a pacemaker put in, but I'd love to see them if they want legitimacy. Reach back, Bob. Let's get yeah. Bob Martin in there. Let's get you know. Let's get shit. Bring back raving and drooling with Scow. Yeah. If Scow would be into it. So I wonder about this new blood, and is it truly new blood, or is this new blood just the the editor's friends from this other site mm-hmm. that he worked on? Actually, um, I'm curious about. Most, I'm sorry, most of what I'm curious about is, uh, at the end, there was a lot of people that were not being paid. Right. And um, uh, they, I understand they're honoring past subscriptions. Um, yep. But, but I wonder about if they're, if they, if they're taking on um, the moniker, or are they also taking on the liability? I don't know. I, the thing I read about them doing the subscriptions, you know, they're very much like, we don't have to do this, right. but we're going to. So maybe maybe they are gonna be classy enough to honor some of that, or maybe they'll just be like, "Hey, sorry, the old people screwed you over. Uh, check up front, go do this." That'd be nice. That would but be nice. Yeah, I'd love too to early see, to tell. I'd love to see him bring people like you know Anthony Ferrante back, and and just at least in the first couple of uh, issues to be able to be like, "Yeah, honor that, honor that time." Mm-hmm. So uh, Fangoria. I could use the check. Uh, John Carpenter has announced he's doing the score for a new Jean Renault film called 1200 Souls. Okay. And he says that he may, he may ultimately direct at some point. That, yeah. That would be cool. You know, Carpenter's one of those guys that's like, I know it's still there. I know yeah. you've got more gas in the tank. I sure. know you do. Um, well, I, yes, and, but then the ward. Well, the ward was terrible. The ward, but but it's all about the material, right? It's like mm-hmm. you know finding that material that mm-hmm. man. I know a book he can do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Actually, TJ's here. I, I know a couple of books yeah, he could do. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Shout, the film distributor. Sure. Shout picked up the Soska's remake of Rabbit. Oh, the Soska sisters remaking Rabbit. Yeah, the Cronenberg film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw that in the theater. The 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 original. The original with yeah. Marilyn Chambers. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it was a cool good. movie. It's a it's, great movie. Yeah. It's Cronenberg doing. You know what I think? I've long held, with way. Teeth. Yes. Is a prequel to Rabbit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. It, but it's good. But it's her vagina instead of under her arm. Right. Yeah, yeah it's kind yeah. of the same. It it tills that same ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Osgood Perkins, who did Black Coat's Daughter and I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, yes. is adapting Paul Tremblay's book, A Head Full of Ghosts. 
which is an amazing book, and I think I think that's a good choice for him. Yeah, Paul's a great writer. He's long been a great writer. So that's exciting. Uh, here's one that you'll be happy about. He never died too. Yeah, Henry Rollins <laughs> coming back. Man, I, I oh. like I beat I I carried the bat of he never died. Yeah, and beat people over the head with it. To it's get them so to good. Watch because it's so good. And, and it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's this deserves a sequel. It is the perfect Henry Rollins role. I, I like I. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it's man. It, <laughs> I just can't say enough good stuff about it. I will say <laughs> when I when I talk to people and they're like, man, we don't have much money for this movie that we're making. I'm like, man, go yeah, watch this. Yeah, go watch this. Pay attention. Take notes. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, if you go uh, elsewhere on my site, Act of Will, there's a episode I did that's a c- conglomeration of interviews about Jeff Tate from Queensryche and Rollins. Yeah, and that was around like Wrong Turn Two time. Yeah, it's mostly us talking yeah. about jazz, but it's it's very it was very cool. <laughs> uh, and then finally, for Tux from the Bruce Lee Foundation. You can get a water bottle that says... Oh, my fucking God. That says, be water, my friend. Oh, no. <laughs> no. What? $20. Oh, oh man. You know, it's so frustrating because I hear people talk about, you know, the family, and I'm like, no, they're the motherfuckers that are doing this shit. Yeah. It pisses me off to no end. Mm-hmm. That's so stupid. Yeah, and it, look at it, and it looks like you know, um, uh, you would buy the... Is it yellow and black? <laughs> no. <laughs> that would have been... Yeah. It's I, not even I'm a good water bottle, to oh be honest. God, it's For just, 20 it's bucks. It's like something you said to Cafe Press. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to think of... I was thinking coffee, I could press. Oh, my God. For 24, <laughs> I'm looking at my... Water yeah, your, your water bottle what? looks like it looks like it came out of Mission Impossible. It, like, it, I don't even know how to work it. <laughs> I can I can put something in this thing and not come back to it six hours later. And it's this is a plastic twenty four dollars. Oh this my is god, a plastic water bottle. Anyway, all right. Oh, really? I every love time, probably not every, even safe. Every time yeah. you do that, it just just oh yeah, it's almost become fun to go Langley look at this bullshit the bu- <laughs> <laughs> yeah alright but you know what that, that Bruce T tasted yeah. pretty good did you have some of it I did oh. I did it was on sale TJ yeah. no bottle. you gotta I like to try it you see it, it you, know. cool. you gotta no you don't <laughs> but in the end it's tea you know it's like I don't even know what to say to it it's Anyway. Tea, tea, for first of all, <laughs> muddy water. <laughs> oh, come on. My grandfather was English. He you like your hot water that tastes like dirt? <laughs> tea is for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, you know, at some point, like, I get it's all merchandising, it's furthering the legend, but at this point... It's not furthering the legend, it's yeah, shilling it's on... It's, it's shilling lining your pockets. Exactly. It's yeah. Alright. Let's see. Moving on to trailers. Uh, first up, something called 1010. Girl is stalked and kidnapped, and we kind of have seen this before. I, there was, uh, there, there's a lot of trailers this week. That, well, I don't know about a lot, but there's a few trailers this week that I'm just like, uh, cool, but hasn't this been done? Yeah, I'm like, kind of not by this. Yeah. 
Wait, um, was this the one? Was this the one where? Um, uh, it keeps her in a room. Yeah, she's trying to escape. I guess there is a twist in that she is somehow connected to, or he thinks is responsible for the death of his daughter or yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. There's a movie. So it's not just he's a, a criminal like, minds guy. Right, right, right. There's a great movie called I want to say it's called Seven Days. It's Spanish, and it's essentially guy um, kids girl kills her. Her father kidnaps him from the police. Right. Ends up breaking him out and keeps him in the basement for seven um, days and I'm just tortures the guy. <laughs> so this feels maybe similar? Similar to that. Uh, that brings up a question because it's been so long since I've seen it. In Old Boy, do we ever learn a reason why... I don't think so. I think it was just because to see just, what would happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Luke Evans looks like a guy who's always been that way. Like he just got out of some, got out of a bar fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. This thing, I, this thing looks like okay. I agree. Yeah, sure. If it happens to come on HBO and yeah, it's you know, I go to theaters. Never, yeah, yeah, not this. Next yeah. up, Bad Samaritan. David Tennant is a serial killer. It's about vol- valets that are when they you check your car, they're going right. to your house, robbing you, and yeah. coming back. This is interesting. I agree. Yeah, this is this is kind of cool. He winds up uh, uh, using the the, um, the in the guy's car mm-hmm. to go back to the guy's house mm-hmm. to rob the guy. And while he's there, he sees something that he probably yeah. The, he has the guy. The guy has a girl held captive. Captive. And the the killer, played by Doctor Who, David Tennant, um, uh, finds out and. Yes doesn't just go to kill the dude because he knows something, but generally fucks with him. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to make your life living hell. And in the meantime, what's happening to this girl? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Tenet being really scary looking. Really intense. Yeah. uh, This looks cool. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. TJ? Absolutely. I love some of this real dark stuff that he's done since he quit being the doctor. Yeah, supposedly he's coming back um, for Jessica Jones 2, the season 2. He makes yeah. an appearance. Is that a Marvel? Thing? He's also Dead in Damon. the uh, <laughs> adaptation of the Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett Good Omens. Yes, yeah, that, right now. that's a good. That's that's a good fit. Yeah. I've seen stills from it. It looks it looks phenomenal. Yeah. Up he's, next, he's the demon. <laughs> uh, up next, Japanese animation Batman Ninja. Needless to say, oh I god, that's. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I hope it. I don't need it to see it in the theater. Just put it on Blu-ray and send it to my house. Yes, and I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. This looks so cool. There was a piece of this that got released a couple of weeks ago. Oh, a, a while ago. A while ago. Yeah, yeah it, it looks super it. cool. Yeah. Um, up next, ever a movie that was like, you know, I think we should. Uh, w- our demographic for this is it's this guy, Tom, Tom Carnell. Tom Carnell. <laughs> this is so, so, so right. Uh, next up, I'm in Incredibles 2. Yeah. It yeah. looks like more of the same, but yeah. it looks super fun. And, and I love okay. the idea that that, that uh, Elastigirl is like the one who's having to go out and, and essentially, you know, make the bacon. Mm-hmm. And he's having to contend with you know, dealing with the kids at home. I was disappointed I didn't see more Violet in the uh, in the trailer because mm-hmm. uh, she was always my the most interesting character to me. Mm-hmm. Not the most fun yeah. character, but but yeah. I'm a huge um, fan. Okay. It's the best Fantastic Four movie ever a- made. Absolutely, yeah. 
Um, uh, yeah, this looks this looks solid. I, I don't know how to. Wa- for, oh, I, my only question Incredibles two is why did this take so long? Exactly. Yeah. TJ. Yeah, I don't you? know. I I wish I knew, but I'll, I'll be there and I'll probably take my kid. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll go once myself. No, I won't take my kids. Although I tell you what, kids. <laughs> Any day, Tom's going to be a grandfather. That's right. Any Ooh. day, my daughter, my daughter-in-law is ready. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's a couple of days past due, and she's ready. Uh, next up, this this reels to me. Adam Rifkin directing Burt Reynolds in a movie called The Last Movie Star. That does look good. God, um, it looks so good. It's one of those roles like uh, Lucky. Lucky. That it made me think of Lucky. Yeah, which makes me sad mm-hmm. because I. You know, it's like, is Bert going to go? <laughs> you know, he's I, looking like yeah. it. <laughs> he's looking like it. The premise is essentially this older star gets invited to a movie festival in the middle of nowhere. His agent thinks it's a good idea, so he goes, only to find out that it's this really it's small this town. Really and the only one that's ever agreed to show yeah. up to go- get the award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think in it, I think it looks like the townspeople gain this appreciation along, for along him. Along the way, he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks I'm great. I'm in. TJ, you in? Yep. I, yeah. you know, I grew up with Burt Reynolds, so... Yeah. Absolutely. Burt Reynolds was such a... Man. Did you ever see Best Friends? Yeah. Him and Goldie Hawn? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Fucking but, cry well, like mean, a river. I mean, if nothing else... Or the know, end? My, for for me, the, the, the bookends are... Um, Deliverance mm-hmm. and um, Boogie Nights, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but people forget. <laughs> Jesus, Sharky's Machine. Oh man, is the shit. Yeah. Gator, you know all of the the hillbilly movies he made. You Sharky's know? Machine, man, that was that was, you know, I was like, go to Dan. It's like <laughs> kicking the shit out of Bert, cutting off Burt Reynolds' thumb and shit. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Looking Glass. Nick, or as I call it, Nick Cage buys a hotel and spies on people. Yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix <laughs> that is super similar to this. Yeah, there was a guy that had a, a hotel that was basically set up just for him to be a lawyer. Yeah, I don't remember the guy's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this this looks like somebody looked at that headline and goes, let's make yeah. a movie. Nick Cage all, yeah, make a movie. Yeah. I'll, I'll look yeah. intense I- and... I have such a hard time taking him seriously at all in anything. Even, like, stuff that looks good like that. He's got that other one out now called Mom and Dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> where it looks good. Like, I might watch that, but but it's Nick Cage, and I, he's I, just going to ruin it. I think that it works for Mom and Dad because the character is this not nut. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think somebody went, point. like, who else are we going to get to play this? Let's get Well, first of all, let's get Nick Cage. He'll do anything um, <laughs> to pay off his tax. <laughs> well, it seems that he he'll do anything. Yeah. You know? Um, I I don't get when I meet people and I go, so who are some of your favorite actors? Nick, and, and when Nick Cage's name hits the table, it befuddles me every time. How do you? This guy he's such a terrible actor that what have we come full circle now? Don't get me wrong, Leaving Las Vegas was great. Sure. But yeah. by the time we get to things like, what is it, Driven, or whatever the fuck it's called, or right. the second Ghost Rider, it's just, ooh, Wicker Man. It's like, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. So this thing is something that, I'll be honest with you. I, I will never see this. I will never see this movie. No. 
Up next, uh, we talked about this once before. Uh, Marrowbone. Char- Charlie looks like a ghost story. Yeah, kind of Victorian. It's uh, it's more. This trailer fleshes it out a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this uh, uh, group of kids, we're assuming siblings, that don't have a mom and dad, and somebody catches wind of it, and they're trying to, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get put them into fo- foster homes or the system, and. Uh, in an effort to keep that from happening, there's something weird going on. There's something. Yeah. It seems like there's a secret. Past yeah. and, and it felt a, <laughs> it felt it a little crimson peaky. It maybe a without little without all the dilapidation. <laughs> supernatural. I mean, we yeah. do get that one shot of that that dark hand coming around a corner. What the hell is that? Yeah, like, no, no. I don't know. Yeah. And then there's a stain on the ceiling. It looks super low, slow burn, mm-hmm. it, which, you know, I think you do for ghost stories. I love the kid that, that plays in it, the, the kid from um, Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he's yeah. well, and the girl from The Witch. Yeah, yeah. And Taylor Joy, it's like, let's do this. Yeah. The chasm. Did we, like, I, yep, I'm sure we watch it. Going or, did you see The Witch? I did Oh, not. yeah. Did you like it? I thought it was brilliant. Wow. But, man, I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> I really did. I didn't get it. Like, I, I watched it, and I go, yeah, kind of. And I like some things to it, but overall, yeah, it wasn't... I didn't know what wasn't all it, it was. I, it just must it was just a whiz past me. Wasn't it one of the titles that people... That brief moment where people were talking about post-tour? Like, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I I respect people that say yeah I mean you know, they enjoyed it for me I just I thought the I have cer- to watch it certain it. things were handled really really well like the disappearance of the baby was handled really really well yeah um, but yeah I, it, it just doesn't resonate but yeah. I I get why people do that guy's doing that guy's writing his own ticket right now yeah you know let's see Pacific Rim two uprising. This looks awful. This yeah, looks it's a, terrible. It looks like a Transformers. Uh, it looks like Transformers and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers rolled up together. And it just... It doesn't... No. I No. I am so not on board for this. What about you, TJ? You know, I liked Pacific Rim. Right. It, it, it was fun. It's hard for me to go to... to a, it's hard to avoid any time they say, Oh, look, giant robots and giant monsters and they're going to fight. And... Just this trailer, even more than the Sylvan things that I've seen, doesn't feel like they care that I think that that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Does that makes sense? Like, it's just like, yeah, screw you. Yeah, much Michael like Bay the, wasn't available. Much like the Transformers movie, there's this casual disregard for buildings and shit. And it looks cool, but ultimately, you know, I just see, like... I think the reason why the first one works, well, one, it is fun. There's... Mm-hmm. Giant robots and monsters, yeah. but two, um, it is Del Toro, and so there's there's a lot more going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the this whole, doesn't the whole idea of, of like them having to having to yeah, it up. looks like the whole the metaphysical stuff that Del Toro brings is it's totally gone. gone. From this. Yeah. It's just uh, it's all kicky punchy. Rock yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know that this. I mean. Don't get me wrong. Accountants calling for this shit? Absolutely. But I just, creatively, there are so many other directions you could have gone in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. Uh, speaking of point Rampage, the new rock thing. Rampage pisses me off to no end because <laughs> it makes me want, I want to see the movie for that freaking gorilla. Yeah. 
I want to see the gorilla, the flying dog, the wolf thing. I played the game, and and it doesn't make any sense to make a movie about this, but here we are. Because you literally just climbed up buildings and punched them. Yeah. That that was what you did. (laughs) Here's how bad this is. The the toys, the toys for this movie are already out. Okay. Yes, they are. And the packaging, and especially the gorilla toy, they're repainted toys from Skull Island. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what they look like. There's a little bit of difference in the head on the gorilla, but other than that, they're just repackaged and repainted toys from Skull Island, and that infuriates me that they didn't even try. I do like what seems to be a very Mighty Joe you can have. Right, yeah, yeah, And I'm I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. but that's what pisses me off because that's what's going to make me watch it. Yeah. And I know it's trash, but I'm gonna. I want to see the gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's more of that rock stuff, you know. Yeah. Like the rock. Did I we talk it. about this? We talked about like the rock could be doing. I think could be doing good films. Could be. Yeah. But there's no denying that the shit, the bullshit he's doing is making bank. Well, so. You know, and for a lot of people in Hollywood, that's all that matters. Right. You know, um, the fact that they've already greenlit a Jumanji 2. It's... Oh anyway, moving on. Spinning Man. Pierce Brosnan is a cop. Uh, Guy Pierce is a suspected murderer, serial killer. Psychological thriller. Um, twisty, turny. Um, apparently Guy's character has some problems with memory. Mm-hmm. And... So it looks, you know, it's one of those things that if you if you enjoy the, he do it, mm-hmm. did he not do it? What, uh, what is, what jagged edge, yeah, exactly, that kind of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, what was the uh, what was the the John Cusack movie? Identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Identity was a brilliantly flawed attempt. Yeah, I like the idea. It was a cool idea. Yeah, but super yeah. cool. Idea. I I think it was too big for that filmmaker. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Yeah. Um. Speaking of things that I know are going to piss all of us off, yeah. Uncle Drew. Uh, I guess Nike or Reebok put some basketball player in an old man makeup and sent him to an inner city basketball court for a commercial. Right. Somehow that has blossomed into a 90 minute movie, movie with a bunch of basketball players in a bunch of really bad old age makeup. Really bad old age makeup. Yeah. Like and it's everything yeah. we've seen before about we got to get the band back together to defeat these. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I no, yeah, I no, no. It just looks. I don't You know, we talked briefly about uh, LeBron House Party earlier. Yeah, LeBron James in the Amy Schumer movie Trainwreck mm-hmm. was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch a basketball movie. I want to watch LeBron James in a basketball movie. I I can watch Shaq be weird on T three. Right. Know. He's he's all he's already almost this old. <laughs> Whatever product that you're that he's selling this week, right? I don't play basketball. I don't. I don't need tattoos. I could go for a Pepsi right now, but I, you know, you know what? I I'll got every. It. I got everything I needed from the fish that saved Pittsburgh. What, wait, was it Pittsburgh or Philadelphia? Remember Fast yeah. Break and all that other shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or uh, better, the air up there with Kevin Bacon. He yeah. and finds that guy. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. super tough. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, Shaq's commercials for the general. Have you? I don't know if these oh are my nationwide. God, yeah, the, yeah. Well, oh my god! He's, he's awkwardly funny, but I don't. Yeah. 
He loves you know, comedy, supposedly. Uh, yeah. And sometimes it's <laughs> unintentional. Steel? Do you guys remember Shaquille O'Neal is Steel? I just listened to horrible. I just listened to an episode of How Did This Get Made where they talk about Steel. Steel. And it's pretty horrible. <laughs> uh, and then finally, this is the one for me that is really the pick of the week, and that's Where Is Kyra? Michelle Pfeiffer, as a woman who is living with her husband or uncle or something he dies she can't get a job she starts stealing his social security checks while she is beginning a relationship i think it's with keeper sullivan i thought it was her mom that died no i thought it was a man i could be wrong it's very vague it's very shadowy but the idea is that she starts getting involved in like some real fraud yeah and she's but it's without it she goes homeless it it looks very very Sad. Oscar bait to me. Yeah. It looks like let's yeah. finally give Michelle Pfeiffer some on Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Um and she was in um Mother and yeah, know, a lot of people are talking yeah. about that. All right. Uh moving on to what we've been watching. TJ, what have you been checking out? Anything good? God, I wouldn't necessarily do it. No. Uh, <laughs> last night my my wife and I have a, a thing for awful action movies. So last night we watched the uh, Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Wow! <laughs> Ooh! And it's as awful as you think it, it would be. But guess what? Tony Yacht and Donnie Yen are in it. So, and they were great. They were awesome. And yeah. the rest of the movie was just absolutely ridiculous. At one point, they there's a motorcycle trace sure on water. <laughs> so like skis <laughs> pop out of there, and they and they go underwater, and the motorcycles are still going. Sure. This just makes no sense. As Judy Tenuta said, it could happen. (laughs) Anything else? Uh, After this recording, I am going to see Black. Nice. Nice. I'm super stoked. Has anyone seen The Ritual yet? No. I hear nothing. I I want to. um, And I have no excuse because it's on Netflix. And uh, definitely, I'm I'm watching it as soon as. I hear really good things. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Is that it? Pretty much. Pretty much. I've been mostly re- reading and writing lately. So right on. We'll get to that in a sec. You. <laughs> Anything? No. Work. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, me. Uh, I talked about Rhymes a little bit last week, I think. Right. Uh, I finished it. Um, it's not episodic. It's a, it's, it, the story continues. Oh. Uh, and it's super, super good. Chris Rock, Tambourine, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not Bring the Pain. It's not... Uh, bigger and blacker. Um, it's it's slanted. He talks about getting a divorce and just casually mentioned that he cheats on his he cheated on his wife. Uh. But it's it has its moments and it's worth seeing. And then finally, uh, Letterman, the my next guest needs no introduction. The interview with George Clooney came out. Yeah, and they talked a lot about his philanthropy work, but he also talks about some great stories about his um, his aunt, Rosemary Clooney. Sure. How he was, there was a there was a tour called Four Girls Four. Uh, Rosemary Clooney, uh, Margaret Whiting, Martha Ray, and somebody else. And he was driving them around. Oh, wow. And he tells some great <laughs> stories of them. Vodka before sure. they go out and, you know, those kind of great, <laughs> yeah, yeah. great things. Um, but that's, that's definitely worth seeing. I'm loving this Letterman thing. Oh, it's great. It's, it's so good. It's so good. And and for me, that format for a show 
um, has always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. The, the Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder, mm-hmm. um, the Charlie the fire- Rose Show, right? The Fireside Chats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think they can be so illuminating. I love the fact that he has the resources to go. Let's dig a little deeper and go. I'm really else, bummed elsewhere. that uh, that Robert Rodriguez didn't hasn't continued with the director chair. Agreed. That was great. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for. It sounds so stupid when I say it, but I, I've always said interesting people talking about interesting things is interesting. Absolutely. Um, and we just don't have the patience anymore no. for, for people to sit there and just chat. Yeah. And hopefully this is all going to be... Uh, TJ, what are you reading? Right now I am getting super nerdy and read, actually reading Moby Dick. Oh, wow. Oh, my God, yeah. Wow, that's just, very just cool. Just because. Uh, but... For for fun wise, um, I'm deep into Grady Hendrix's Mass Exorcism. Okay. <laughs> it's the description of it is the Exorcist meets beaches. Sure. <laughs> no, no, it's fascinating. He is he's amazing. Um, I finished recently his other new one, a nonfiction book called Paperbacks from Hell where he talks about 70s and 80s quarter paperbacks. Yeah. And, you know, talks about this nerdy stuff in a very smart and intelligent way. Here's why people remember a title, but not the content, or a cover, but not the title, and stuff like that. And it, it's just fascinating. So, yeah, my best is it's, it's pretty great. Cool. You? Amy? Um, I've been... It's, I, it's barely worth mentioning, because I'm not... Because I don't know if she wants... Her, uh, if she wants, you know, people to talk about. I've been reading a lot of short stories by a good friend who has published anything mm-hmm. and has been kind of um, uh, insecure about her writing. Yeah, it's um, hard. And uh, gold, it's all gold. And, and I'm, it's the type of writing that it's. I'm really jealous of where it's like. She just tells the story. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't linger on, like, describing what the wall was, or, you know, it's just she tells the story, and the story is gold. Excellent. And uh, so I've been reading a lot of that, and I hope I hope something happens with her these days so that I can actually talk about it and, 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 <laughs> and have her on the show, because it would, it would be great. Mm-hmm. But it's, 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 it's so exciting to me whenever I run across somebody who is an established person and clearly has buttloads of talent, you know, yeah. just buckets of it. And uh, uh, so that's a That's, that's hard to do. That first time you start, you know, where you stand up and you're, you know, TJ, you can speak to this as well. The idea right. of, like, here's some shit I want you to look at. Yeah. I mean, that's in a scary. weird, yeah, in a weird way, and I don't mean this as negative as it's going to sound, but you got to be up your own ass a little bit. Well, to be able to go, you do. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing I get. charm. Yeah. Right. You have to be on yourself like that even just to finish something like that because yeah. nobody's going to finish right. it for you. Yeah, because it takes a little... Look, it takes a lot of... Uh, we could, we've talked a lot about technique and skill and blah, 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 blah. But ultimately, it's got to be you going... What, I, what What's rattling around in my head is worth sharing with others and right. this is the only way that I can share yeah. it. There's definitely an element of chutzpah that yeah. is required. Absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then to stand there and endure... All the the, the the nights, you know. Again, TJ, you know all this. Stuff. Sitting up late at night by yourself, you right. want to go to bed, but god damn it, you got to finish this and moving the mm-hmm. project forward. And yeah, yeah anyway, 
Uh, and then asking people to give you money for it. Oh, that's it's still, yeah. it's, it's like, uh, you work really good money, can you spend yeah, some of it? How much do you make an hour? Oh, you make $20 an hour? Hey, yeah. can you spend 45 minutes of it took your so life long on my thing? Or worse than that. I mean, when, when I've always said with painters or musicians, they can go, look at this piece I did, and immediately they get feedback. Fiction writers, it's like, here, talk to you in a month, Right. Only to usually they go, yeah, and you know, a lot of the feedback is, yeah, I got like two thirds of. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> uh, horrible. Um, me on the other hand, I'm reading fun stuff. <laughs> David Grossman <laughs> has a couple of books out on combat, and another one called On Killing. Uh huh. And it's a nonfiction. It's super deep into. It's like. Um, there's a documentary called First Kill. Right. It's a lot of that stuff. It's a lot about how do you get people to make the transition from standard citizen and good all-around guy <laughs> to making the transition to going and killing people in faraway lands and stuff like that. Right. And they talk about the dynamic of combat and all stuff. And, and all of this is having to do with stuff I'm working on. Sure. Uh, but <laughs> if any of that sounds good, both of these books are fucking awesome. They're really, really good. Um, TJ, what are you listening to? Anything? We're almost done. Listening to a lot of movies that have shown up on Amazon Prime lately for free. Hmm. Old old stuff from the 40s and 50s. Cat People, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. There we go. A lot of old stuff like that has cropped up on there, and it's just so much fun to listen to. It's a different take. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more classical music-oriented, not as... It's not so much as Bern, um, uh, Elmer, uh, uh, Bernstein talked about, about music for when the fish swims by. Right. Um, it's more full like that. Um, it's like a, it's a self-contained piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. It's not like Max Steiner's score for King Kong, where it right. was definitely, look, this matches this picture. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And they're all on Amazon Prime? Yeah, there's a whole slew of them. So there's like two or three per album on this. Like they got Maltese Falcon score on there now and all kinds of stuff like that. It's amazing. Wow. That's cool. I have Prime and I never go on that. Yeah. Yeah. I've checked out some you know, some of the movies and I bought a movie on, on Prime, the documentary about um um now I can't remember his name, of course. Uh, Charles Gamora. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. You? Anything? I've been lost in a trip-hop hole for a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, gone, I've gone way deep into trip-hop. But I can't tell you any names or anything because it's all on a streaming playlist. So I just, like, I just, you know, thing that you, like, you put it on yeah. because you're working. Yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's where and I... And it's great. It's bouncy. It doesn't well, get more. it's like there's that... But you know, it's it's all like massive attack and people like that. Sure. So it's like all the ethereal and mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of perfect for work. Sure, it's there. It's a pro, but it's not intrusive. Yeah. Sure, yeah. absolutely, right on. Uh, I did not listen to a single comedy record, so we're not going to have to deal with any of that. But going <laughs> a couple things to talk about musically. Number one, TV series called The Four. It's one of those ridiculous voice things. Right. Do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube. Check type Vincent. Vincent's versions of Creep. Yeah. Is fucking amazing. Um, don't know anything <laughs> more about that guy, but it is rock 
the mic good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Toto has a greatest hits called a uh, record called Four Trips Around the Sun. Couple of new things. I'm a fan. I say skip it. Uh, Rupert Gregson <laughs> Williams, the Alienist, is uh-huh. is very very good. Uh, I'm going to save that one. Rian Rian Sheehan has done a score for something called Belief, the Den of Janet Moses. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> Robin Ford, they reissued Robin Ford's The Inside Story. Robin Ford is a sort of bluesy guitar player that used to play with Miles, and it's really great. Low Straight Jackets N- and Nick Lowe <laughs> a record called What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. That's the funniest <laughs> thing is, is Nick Lowe, he doesn't sing. Like, he doesn't sing Peace, Love, and Understanding. No. He, he, it's all... He's, he's playing guitars Just, with, with yeah, the, the hanging guitars. out. Yeah. And the, the dud of the week, jo- uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates. John Oates has a record out called Arkansas. <laughs> it's fucking blue. It's bluegrass and it's shitty bluegrass, huh. and it just doesn't resonate at all. Weird. Richie Zambora and his, I guess, girlfriend Orianthe. Yeah. She used to play guitar with uh, Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Have a record out. It's a cover of Sonny and Cher's "I Got You, Babe," and it's terrible. It. Wow, I saw her in Sturgis. Yeah, and fun live, but Mm -hmm. not necessarily unique in any way. Right. Michael Jackson has long done that. I mean, he has this girl, but before that, if you want to do yourself a real favor, Jennifer Batten. She on some of the like Dirty Diana. She's that blonde. Who's the chick with the giant hair? That's That's Jennifer. If you go on Jennifer Batten's first record, she does a version, electric guitar version of uh, Flight of the Bumblebee, and it's fucking right on. <laughs> I interviewed a music magazine Carpenter was going to do that actually never came to fruition, but um, it was very cool because she, she used a, uh, one of the quotes from the interview that on her website for a while. Cool. It's very cool. Very She's cool. a monster. And then finally, my pick of the week is a band called Tsuki. T-S-U-K-I uh-huh. Ambient kind of trip poppy sure. that kind of thing uh, Trans chilled trip hop Yeah, yeah <laughs> Some of their stuff um, leans towards awful Skrillex but uh, their last <laughs> album called Severance Package it's super ambient mm-hmm. super chill stuff you can easily put on and work to Sure Yeah, it's very cool Um Let's go around real quickly, and I want to talk uh, about what we're working on. TJ, what are you working on? And then we'll get... Well, coincidentally to the book I mentioned earlier, I am working on an exorcism novel. Oh, nice. Great. Yeah. Um, it's, I grew up in Utah, and so this book is about Mormon exorcists. And it's they, some of the scariest shit I've ever written. Is it? Is, I, I know you're a big bug on like research. Is that real? Like, do they really have a history of that stuff? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Like, if you if you ask somebody about it, they wouldn't say that they do or call it that. But they have their stuff, and it's because like of the novel, it works. It's a secret. <laughs> right on. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, very definitely. Cool. Right on, and and uh, that's very cool. I love the idea that like stuff you didn't see coming, and you go, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't there be a? I'm sure there's like uh, exorcism in Judaism, or sure, yeah, you know, it just it works, and it's probably gonna 
Uh-oh. piss off a lot of, of the people that I know, but you know what? I don't care. <laughs> One of my favorite exorcism scenes is at the beginning of um, Constantine. Ah, that's, a yeah. Cool, yeah, that's a great scene. Yeah, yeah. there's another good one kind of going on in uh, Lord of Illusions. Yeah. When that, I yeah, came yeah, on yeah. the foot of the bed. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm laughing because I thought Buddhist exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> I don't know how that would go, but I like the idea. There you go. Um, that's cool. You, you're just working. Well, I, I'm, I'm just working, but um, unbelievably, um, submissions for Bleeding Him already start uh, April. We're taking them. Wow. So now I'm in the. I'm. Uh, you're going to be getting a judges letter here pretty soon. We're going to be wow. hitting everybody <laughs> up for judges. Um, so yeah, it's already that. That's turned into a machine, and and. Uh, it's uh, nice because then you can just set the alarm and go. It'll remind me right, yeah. when I need to get start getting excited again. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, so that time is now. That's fun. That's yeah. very fun. Uh, me working on working on the sequel to the book, the zombie book. I'm I have two chapters left. To it. I was going to turn it in, but you know how people are, and so I think I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna set it in a drawer for a week or two. Let it percolate. Let it sit. Let my mind move on to other things because. Um, there's some other stuff I got to work on, and then um, do one more pass, and then I'm done. Um, I what, what am I gonna? What was I just gonna say? Next week, yes. I don't know who we have. Yes, it's John Lovett. <laughs> uh, John Lovett is a guy local to nice. the Seattle area. Yeah. We're gonna bring him on and yeah. talk about screenwriting. screenwriting. He's a he's a professional screenwriter. Yeah. And he's done a lot of stuff, and that's gonna be fun. Um, moving forward. I don't want to sing. Yeah. I do. I, I did just talk with David Wilson. I didn't, didn't tell you this. Talked with David Wilson, and I've gone through their roster of Crossroad authors. Right. And he's going to start funneling some people that. Nice. Would, I'm hoping for people like Ed Lee and. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, again, you you rock. Thanks for thanks for doing Thank this. You. Thanks for having me. Hey. Good time was a charm. It's always it's always good. Yeah, we will. Um, We'll just see you next week. See you guys in May. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We're all going to be at Crypticon. Yes. Um, little by little, they're letting out uh, more and more info on who who's going to be there and stuff. So right. That, that's awesome. Still waiting for panel assignments. Yeah. So do me a favor. Go to... T, do you have a website? I do. Pretty easy. com. Good. Go there. Go to his... His books are awesome. Um, go to our Facebook page uh, and like something so you can keep up on what we're doing let us know how we're doing please on my my website for all sorts of ridiculous shit and you <laughs> do you have a website I never have you I used to have a website I mean I have a website but I haven't touched it in years because I'm no longer doing effects work okay so there is still a nocturnal combustion effects yeah. website but all right don't, don't go there <laughs> all right so we'll see you guys next week for the bonus material podcast i'm tom carnell i'm tj tarantula and i'm langley west stay scary Ha, 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 ha.